Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 106. Greetings and welcome to the Commas Coffee Metal Podcast. I am your host, Don Cardenas, and I hope you've been having a fantastic week. It's been very, very busy here, uh, as I'm sure has been for many other people. But, you know, this episode is coming quite a few days later than I wanted it to. I had some issues with my PC where the uh, power supply was acting kind of funky. I had ordered a warranty replacement a few weeks ago, and it just now arrived. So... It, that involved dismantling my entire PC and, uh, you know, that turned into like, oh, wow, I have to clean this thing. Oh, I have to, you know, uh, work on my uh, wire. Uh, why am I forgetting the term for that? My wire management inside the PC and around my desk. And it turned into this whole big thing with cleaning my office. It it, it just snowballed really fast. And um, so several days later, here I am. Uh, editing and getting this done and taking a look at the interview and while there's not much to edit out of the interview if anything it is a very long interview so i'm going to keep the recommendations very short but very on the point and it's just going to be music this week sorry everybody i do have some really awesome comic book recommendations coming next episode but for uh for this one it's just gonna be music and it's only even even here just because of my guest bobby torres from Fretbox recording has an amazing band called voidscape they are a progressive modern metal uh, type band, and though he is primarily known as a music producer um, and recording engineer and all that, he's a fucking killer guitar player. He writes some nasty ass riffs, and it was a absolute delight, like finally digging into his music and and listening to it because even though I could I, I could hear his productions on it. <laughs> kind of cool because you know watching his channel over the years has been really helpful to me in terms of like keeping things sounding good when i record and also very straightforward and simplified because you know that's a philosophy he very much goes into and if you've done any type of deep dives into any type of audio thing or whatever it can get really complicated really fast i look back at some old mixes before i saw bobby's channel and a few other channels too that help keep uh, simplify things for me. There was so much going on that just didn't need to go on, and it made things so much more complicated. And so, you know, Frightbox Recording, uh, Bobby's channel, has been a uh, saving grace for me in terms of just whenever I want to record something. And if I'm encountering any kind of like issues with anything in my mix or whatever, he has a video I can look at and say, oh, duh, it's this simple thing I can do right here. So if you're at all interested in checking out uh, music recording and all that, definitely check out Firefox Recording. Uh, he recently launched a he recently launched a second channel uh, dedicated to live music and performances, and we talk about about that in the interview and all that. But uh, that's also something that's been really cool to see, and I think uh, a lot of people would dig. And of course, his band Voidscape, they are uh, really really cool. I'm gonna play a little simpler song coming up, but um. Yeah, I really think uh, this was a really fun interview with Bobby. We geek out pretty hard about Michael Keaton, Batman, and, you know, you, Bobby's a couple years younger, like only like two years younger than me. So, like, we have, like, all the same, like, cultural milestones, and uh, it's just an absolute blast talking to him. The intro for this episode is going to be a little bit different um, because we just kind of started talking, <laughs> and then I realized, like, hey, um, 
this is stuff that should be on the podcast. So we're just, we're, you know, we were already recording. So we're just, let's just roll with it. So uh, if it's a little bit different, we kind of just roll right into it. So uh, bear with me there. And even though I've said that Bobby's a, a metal guy, musician, a, a music uh, re- recording producer and engineer and all that, um, there's not a really a ton of that kind of discussion. It's it's us just nerding out about fun nerd stuff and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I think everyone's going to have something fun to uh, listen to with this interview. Uh, but first and foremost, let's get to Voidscape. Uh, and before I do that, this coming Friday uh, is going to be a Bandcamp Friday. So we, that means if you go to Bandcamp.com and you set up an account or if you already have an account and you buy music, this is music you can buy directly from the artist. And Bandcamp does this amazing thing once a month where they have Bandcamp Friday where they don't take any cuts for hosting the music or downloading music. It goes all straight to the musicians and the bands and the people who, who made the stuff. And so I highly recommend, even if you don't check out Voidscape, go to Bandcamp. I can't go to Bandcamp very often. And that's just because I find too much good stuff there. I don't, I can't afford to. But if you're looking for some good music, definitely go to Bandcamp. You're going to find something there, no matter what the genre. There's so many talented people making awesome music. But, you know, especially go check out Voidscape. Really awesome, modern, groovy, progressive metal stuff. Bobby just writes some killer riffs. He's an amazing producer, an amazing songwriter. And this has just been really fun to listen to. Uh, it's definitely, you got aggressive vocals and, you know, that, that, that harsh tonality to it all. But there's a lot of melody with the instrumentals, a lot of stuff going on. And of course, you know, it, it, it can't go without saying the production is phenomenal. So uh, it really, really, really is awesome. So uh, before any of you, let's check out Voidscape with Brief Eclipse. Yeah, it, especially when it's like, I'm like, oh yeah, when the last time I, I'm, I'm looking back at my episodes, okay, when was the last time I talked to Bobby? I'm like, wait, it was sooner than that, wasn't it? And I'm looking back and I'm like, holy shit, it's two years ago. Mind blowing, <laughs> like, dude. Oh my God. It, it feels like yesterday. It is so crazy. Yeah. And, it, but then you stop and think like, man, so much has happened. Oh, yeah. Like just, so, so much has gone on. So yeah, yeah I'm just, uh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, pleased as punch here, happy to come back on and all that. Um, yeah, I, I've been, uh, you know, kind of like going back around like, okay, who have I had on? Like, I want to talk to these people again, get some updates and totally, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, you've had a ton of stuff going on with the second channel now and yep. you've had that whole big remodel you were going through and all that. Oh and, yeah. Uh, doing all that fun stuff. And then, um, you know, uh, you know, Taylor Danley, who Taylor Danley, the name sounds familiar. YouTube. I don't know them. Uh, he, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a YouTube guitar. He's, he does like the, He's more of a death metal gear guy. Oh, sick! But his stuff's really good. I mean, he, he his stuff is like um, 
how would I best put it? Um, uh, it's it's not necessarily like you know he has like humor and stuff in it and all that, but it's very you know it's very good. It's it's done very well. I love that. And uh, he was he was on around the same time, and I'm like gonna have him back on too. He was just at I think he's he was he was just hanging out with like you know in the in like a group hang with like Ola oh, wow. <laughs> and stuff like that. That's like, awesome. I think yeah, I think he's like one of the, he was like one of their member hangouts or whatever like that, whatever. But no, he's he like he like launched a second channel about horror movies and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's like, awesome. Yeah. Um, it called. I forget what it was called. Um, so I'm like, all right, cool. I'm I'm you know, I I told him I'm like I'm I'm always happy when someone whose channel I enjoy, like they do a different channel with different things. Yeah. Cause I'm always looking for other things to put on while I'm working and stuff Yeah, that like, I'd rather like, you know, <laughs> you know, Taylor. Okay. Here's all, uh, here's uh, a gear channel. Cool. Now here's him talking about horror movies. Like, cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's, I'd rather keep, you know, keep it in the family that way, you know, love it. supporting that way. Love it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I was I was super excited when you when you uh, announced that second channel with the live recordings and stuff like that, which is you know, awesome. It's been awesome to see those things uh, pop up and stuff. Especially someone who hasn't like I'm not really a going out to live events person. Which which is funny because neither am I. <laughs> At least, especially over yeah. the course of the last you know last few years. Now I'm doing it more yeah. often. But um, the the yeah the live thing is something that started actually back in 2019 uh, a buddy of mine and I started it together and um and then obviously you know the world shut down and we yeah. you know at that time we thought oh the pandemic will be over in a couple of weeks and then here we are you know 3 years later he ended up yeah. you know becoming busy um running his own uh he has like a film studio so he's doing his own oh. thing it's not as as music related, from what I understand. And then I decided to kind of bring it back. And it, dude, it's something I'm so passionate about, and I'm excited to grow that channel. It's completely different than my other channel. My other channel is more education yeah. based, and this is more obvious. I guess you would call it uh, entertainment based because it's just strictly about the performance of the bands. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of stuff in the works. Uh, the last month or two has been crazy again with the house. So I've actually kind of we've we've done a lot of shows. I've filmed a lot of content and um, mixed a bunch of stuff, but I haven't actually put it on the channel yet. But the second channel is going to have other people also like right now I'm kind of, I consider myself okay. like the crypt keeper sort of on the channel. Oh, okay. And we're okay. going to have like the other characters <laughs> as well. Like nice. uh, my friend, Brianna, who does a lot of the filming is going to uh, host some of the videos and then other people as well. So should be fun, man. I'm really, really excited about it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, you know, you, you, you kind of mentioned something that would be, you know, I'd want to have like in the podcast, so I guess we're kind of officially starting it. Awesome. <laughs> we'll just go. We'll just run ram right into it with this. With this, yeah, that's great. Um, so you know, well, uh, if you're hearing this now, we're shooing the, the the proper. You know who this is. You clicked on the episode title. You see, it's Bobby Torres, Firebox Recording. I'm so pleased to have you back. Um, you, uh, you know, you, you're uh, a metal guy. You, you've done the. You, you're really great at recording. You have tons of great tips on your channel. Um, but you know, you you like. You know the, the 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 horror. You like you like some comic stuff. I believe last time you're on me, I think we kind of uh, talked a bit about uh, Batman Ooh. and like they're doing a Batman '89 comic and stuff like that. Dude, oh my god! Don't get me started. I am so excited for June. So excited. Oh, I don't know if you know what's, what's coming in that? June. Is that flat the Flash movie? Yes. Oh yeah, because Michael Keaton's back as Batman. I yeah, really yeah, yeah. couldn't care any less about the Flash himself, <laughs> but dude, I never in a million years. 
You know, it's funny. When I talked to you last, two years ago, I don't know if the news yeah. officially broke at that point about Michael Keaton coming back. I think there were rumors, um, I think. But the fact that he is coming back as Batman in a movie, I, I would... You, you would have there's no way I would have thought I would ever see this again in my lifetime. And the last yeah, time I saw sure. him in theaters as Batman was I was I was eight years old and here I am. I'm 38 years old. So <laughs> going to see it again. And dude, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not ashamed to admit I'm probably going to cry when I see it on the big screen again. I'm going to be honest with you. Literally, I'm not even joking. Dead serious. You're, you're, I, I highly doubt you will be the uh, only non dry eye in the house mm-hmm. when, when, he, mm-hmm. when he makes his debut in there. Yeah. Um, no, I'm 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 very excited about that as well. I'm just you know, I think I've seen too much about this how the sausage is made on these things oh, okay. to where I'm like, oh, I'm I just have that pure excitement for seeing him back. It's just more like I know too much about this movie and this and the drama and all that stuff that's going around it. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you know, hopefully I can just shut that off. Um, yeah, I agree. And just enjoy it and stuff like that, dude. I've been saying for the longest time, and forgive me if I'm going too on too long about this, but it's kind of comics related, right? Because I'm a huge Batman. No, nut. Just, just just talk about what you love, man. Okay. That's all this, is, all, all this is really about. Excellent. So uh, I may even mention, I might have even mentioned this a couple years ago, but I've always thought that Tim Burton should come back, Michael Keaton now that, because you know what's funny? When I saw Keaton in Birdman, uh, he plays a great, older, miserable character right mm-hmm. he's got a cool yeah. like it's kind of like a keaton renaissance in a way to me anyway right um because when he was younger he didn't play parts like that that often but now that he's older he plays that cool even him in the founder i thought he was great in that movie the founder the the mcdonald's movie where he plays roy crock um okay but i thought what would be great is if um tim burton comes back they get keaton back and they do a batman beyond but in a classic tim burton style so it's in the universe of batman mm-hmm. and batman returns and um I mean, it's it's the perfect time to do it, and I would go all out, all out like get Danny Elf, Elfman to do the music, uh, dial back the CGI, get whoever used to do those those really great models in the old Tim Burton movies, just yeah, yeah. make it old school Tim Burton, but a Batman Beyond movie set in that universe. Bring back Michelle Pfeiffer, you know. Um, it would, I, I, I've been that's what I'm itching for, and I think this is the closest we're gonna get. But the rumor is is that they were planning a Batman Beyond, and it was canceled with Keaton. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. That- they have to do it. I, I didn't hear that Keaton was involved, but I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, but he yeah, was. I did hear that. Um, I did hear that they, you know, there, there was definitely tons of rumors. Which you know, Batman Beyond was one of those things. Like when it came out, I was just past the point where I'm like was interested in watching it, mm-hmm. so I didn't really do it. And then I think several years ago, I just called it on Netflix. I'm like, oh, I'll put it on. And from just like the weird, like techno metal intro, yeah. I'm like. I'm in. Oh, like this is, is it? And then, and then just from there, you know, I'm like, I'm like Terry rules. This is awesome. Uh, and yeah, I'm just really, I, you know what? With James Gunn heading everything now over at DC, or being part of the team that's heading everything, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like the reception to Keaton back as Batman is huge. Yeah. If that doesn't spark some sort of thing in their brains to let them do that, they because they to. seem to be open to. Like the whole else world style yeah. of like, okay, these are different versions or whatever. And I, you know, I don't think you could do any better right now. If you're going to go with a previous Batman uh, actor doing the older Bruce Wayne for Batman Beyond and the take of like a Tim Burton version of that. I totally agree. Like just seeing like how 
how he can bring his like his the weird kind of retro aesthetic but also it being futuristic and being more sci-fi exactly and kind of like, dude it's so just, ripe for it and you know keen is such a great actor they they have to do it like i can't even fathom yeah. then especially now well I'm sure you know this, but obviously Keaton is Batman in the new Flash, and he filmed the whole movie yeah. with the for Batgirl, and they they can that, so that's not that's not being used, and it's like they got it, dude, they got to do it, yeah, they got to do it, yeah, that that was a bummer too, and you know, given the nature of how they canned it, it's like that's never coming out, like you're never seeing that movie ever, yeah, it's just kind of a bummer, really sad, but um, you know, it's it is what it is, I guess. Hopefully, in the future, hopefully, it means the next thing these people are involved with the better because i was excited to see brendan frazier as the as you know firefly as the villain yeah. and, you know like, like that seems cool like you know but you know it is how it is it goes how it goes but who who would you pick for that for for terry in you that know, kind of that's a great question i've never actually thought of it i, I haven't thought it through um terry's a he's a high school kid in batman beyond correct in the actual cartoon yeah yeah oh yeah. that's a tough one it would have to be some up and coming yeah. i would go with like a no-name like a no-name kid that looks that has the same feel of the cartoon you know i know that batman mm-hmm. beyond has kind of evolved and they have the comic series as well but i think it started from the tv show so in my head i see the you know the kid with the with the short black hair and that whole thing it's a good question man yeah. i don't know who, who do you have in mind um you know i was thinking of it as you're saying it i'm like who would i pick i don't know but then i'm like it's right there in front of me because uh, i'm also you know, i'm actually strangely excited for the blue beetle movie oh i've heard good things about that uh, and that has, um, you know, I- I'm probably going to butcher the pronoun. I don't really say this out loud, but like Zolo Maridueña as Blue Beetle, and he's from Cobra Kai. Oh, cool. uh, and I love that show. And I think his co-star, uh, this kid named Tanner Buchanan, would be perfect as Terry. Oh, nice, nice. He's got that 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 kind of like sulky, just kind of attitude but he can he can also play like you know likable yeah yeah you know oh, and, exactly. and if, if you're not familiar with cobra kai he plays um uh the son of johnny lauren i have to catch up man i have not seen i've i haven't seen any of the cobra kai seasons i've, I've obviously seen okay. the original i've seen all the karate kids when yeah. i was a kid um i've seen yeah. the first one the most which is the one with the little plant tree thing is that part three um uh, part three, the bonsais were a big thing. That's when they he, like opened up a bonsai shop, and then they had like the uh, the karate bad boy go after Daniel yes, or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's three. That was three. And then there's that the was next... one I saw the most too, because that was the one. Again, we're, we're not too far off in age, yeah. So I'm pretty sure we both saw that. The, that was the one we both saw on repeats and cable, and mm-hmm. like <laughs> the mm-hmm. most <laughs> popping up. Oh yeah. Um, and then it was the next Karate Kid, right? The girl was that part. Yeah. Was that technically part four, or was that part five? That was technically part four. It was okay. considered canon. Got it. Um, I never saw it, but um, I think it's it's you know because it had uh, Miyagi in it, so it was considered part of the canon. Yeah. I don't think they, they they've they haven't, as far as I know, done anything to acknowledge, but also not erase that one oh, okay. in the show. They're playing it smart. <laughs> um and. You know, all I can say is like I went to the Cobra Kai show not expecting I wasn't like, like a diehard karate kid guy. You know, I liked the movies, you know, I, I had a nostalgia thing for them. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, it's not you know, it, it, it takes a while obviously for for Machio and 
uh, Zubcud to kind of like get comfortable mm-hmm. in the in the, the roles and all that from the first season. Yeah. But it kind of floats that. Uh, there's still it's still it's still enjoyable. It's still cool. you know good and all that. Yeah. But then like once you get to the second season, it's 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 flow. It's going. You know the kid the kids in it are really good. Nice. Just like just like it gets increasingly crazy. It definitely turns into like a crazy ass. Like, there's no reason why these adults are not locked up in jail for <laughs> letting these kids fight like this. There's, like, a whole huge fight scene at the end of, I think, the second season that would, like, this would be, like, multiple felony. Like, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, you kind of just, like, put away that disbelief a bit. Yeah. Oh. But um, but it, it's still, it's really fun. It's really enjoyable. And, you know, everyone kind of, like, it becomes a thing where, like, these, these characters are along, are around, and, you know, they start having to do things. And they acknowledge the movie so you get to see that's cool a lot of these characters come back and a lot of the actors come back to play these characters yeah yeah um including you know three um and it's it's really interesting on how some of these characters interact because there's a character that comes back i'm not going to mention who it is just this but they come back and they instantly became one of my favorite characters on the show mm. when it could have been something so stupid and annoying the same actor but this last the same actor came back yeah the same actor came back oh, that's cool um uh, I don't think anyone's, no one's been replaced. That's awesome. The new so, Chucky show was kind of, I mean, I saw most of the first season. It was pretty good. It was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did the same kind of thing. I thought that was smart. Same idea. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, I'd say if, if you're, if you're looking to check it out, definitely stick with it. Cause, um, I think by the, what was it? The fourth season now? Oh, wow. They're by that the fourth far season, in. It, yeah. Wow. Uh, it definitely, cause I think the first season was like a YouTube original thing. Okay. And then. It was like the most popular thing on the paid YouTube version, but that, that was, but that was like not saying much <laughs> by comparison. <laughs> so when they shuttered their originals, that was going to be canceled, but then Netflix picked it right up. Oh, that's awesome. And it just like blew up on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, it's, and then, it seems to be happening. Like everyone seems to be watching yeah. it. You know, one of my, um, uh, the singer of my band, I think he's a huge fan of it. He's a huge karate kid fan and he loves it. Okay. Yeah. It's, it, it's really great. And, um, and yeah, and the kids, you know, they, they really it, it gives a lot of them a chance to like you know be asshole teenagers but then also kind of redeem themselves a bit here and there and yeah. it's 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 far more enjoyable than you would ever expect it to be but it still is you know it still is a spin-off tv show from an 80s movie that you remember more fondly than you probably exactly <laughs> with well, a lot of things i'm, I'm a completist so, i'm like i have to so what i'm gonna do this summer is i'm gonna watch the first three again because i haven't okay. seen them in years dude years then i'll watch the series you know i need something okay. new because we just finished um dude did you see beef that new show beef or that no i have oh, not oh so not. good man i heard a lot of good great things so about it. so yeah. well done really smart really 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 well done uh i don't you know it's funny i hope they don't make a second season because it ends kind of so it, it just ends perfectly i'm not gonna give anything away but um, okay. uh what i am waiting for i you probably maybe have seen it uh the last of us did you watch that Oh yeah, yeah. Loved we watched it. that for sure. I didn't play the video game. Was, I'm not, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, all I know is that it was very well done and just really dark, dude. Like, yeah, they, they, yeah. Uh, I thought it was great. I I never finished the first video game, um, so I knew like most of the story. Hmm. And then by the time they got to the end, I think, uh, granted, the the game has a lot of different like set pieces than the than the show would. Yeah, but I think. I was at the point where before they met like his brother's camp. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm like right before that in the game uh in the game got it yeah because i think um like the only i was surprised the only show the giant the giant like bl- they call him a bloater yeah in that one they didn't scene touch that. when they're leaving you know what's funny they didn't touch upon that again in the show no and those guys show up a few times in the game and i tell you man that is the it is fucking this like palm sweat like <laughs> goosebumps like your heart's racing whenever those fuckers show up because they are so like you can't like tough it with them so what you know? are they are they like the bloaters because they look massive is that a human yeah. like is that multiple people combined yeah it's just i think they just been like mutated enough okay to where there's this giant thing. i mean the way they showed them in the show was like perfect yeah. like just like straight just like ripping a dude in half mm-hmm. like just it was gnarly but i'm like so surprised because i think the part i stopped i think they were in the um the hospital where the fireflies were oh, yeah. before that yeah. those people came to attack them oh so the game is that close to the storyline of, the, of them i'm sorry I think the, so. the movie I think the so. show is that wow that's yeah. interesting i think so it, it just there's there's like scene for scene things that are very very um and there's a like a bloater in there and like i just stopped at that point <laughs> because <laughs> after i died like five times i'm like i i'm too this is too, way too stressful and i just have not picked it up and it got to a point to where it's like I am so uncomfortable playing the game now. Like I don't have like, like I don't, I wouldn't know how to switch anything or, yeah. you know, put makeshift uh, anything and uh, kind of like make my weapons or whatever that I would just instantly get killed. Dude. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have to like figure out a time to like kind of get reacquainted with the game and then go back and just at least try to complete it. I'm so behind. <laughs> I, I haven't played dude. Honestly, the last system I really played seriously. You're going to laugh. In a serious way, meaning like I really, you know, in the games, like really every day would probably be PlayStation one. That's how I mean, I still game sometimes, but retro gaming like I had the newest system I've I've ever owned was (laughs) the uh, Nintendo GameCube. So I'm behind. (laughs) I'm way behind. You know, I I am certainly not one to talk like the fact that uh, we have a PlayStation three was just like the biggest I think the biggest selling point. Uh for us was it was also like a blu-ray player so it was like at the time oh, we're nice. like well we need to get a blu-ray player now yeah and i was like okay miles we'll get this too yeah and play some games and i think what was it like again the last of us is probably the most current game i or i think was the did that there's a transformers devastation game that came out that was really really fun i just never finished it yeah um but once my kids came along and all that like it was hard to like devote any time to playing that oh, and I now I can't exactly load up Last of Us and play that in front of the kids. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, is the game brutal too? Like violent as hell? Oh god! Oh man, it is bleak. Um, it is very very rough, and um, and it, like the show got that. The show got this how it's like dark it is. Like that's why I think so many people love it, just because they got the tone of it yeah. just so right. You know, I have a question um, for you. So I didn't play yeah. the game, and one of the things that I love about the show that I feel is really unique is that time stopped in 2003 so it was really cool to see like all of these nostalgic you know when they go into an old house it's like time has stopped in 2003 yeah. so you see like in sync posters and like an imac that's like huge right in yeah, the yeah. game what is it the same thing this is it take place in like a um a parallel well i think the game came out 2013 or something from what i've read um is it the same thing but 20 years earlier like it's in an alternate 2013 where time stopped in 1993 like what what time period does the game take place um, in I think, I think it stopped around the same time. I think it's very close 
to the same. I know there was definitely a, a time gap. Okay. Um, I think I don't think it was 20 years. I think it was 10 years. Oh, so it's the same time. But I, I may be wrong. Um, I thought that was oh, unique okay. because, you know, we don't see a lot of like early 2000s nostalgia yet. A lot of the nostalgia that we that is fed mm-hmm. to us is like always 80s and 90s. And I mean, I'm not particularly nostalgic for like the early 2000s because I was already like 20 <laughs> at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. But dude, watching the show, I thought it was really, really cool to see an alternate reality where the apocalypse took place in 2003. So everything stopped. So like they didn't have any, you know, there was obviously no, no social media. So even the yeah. people who were older don't even remember a time with social media because it didn't exist. So it was like, I just, mm-hmm. thought, I, just I love weird stuff like that. I'm, I'm weird. Yeah. You know what? Um, you know, what? the more I think about it, I think, no, I think the year came out 2013 was the year like was everything went down and then it took place 20 years later oh really so yeah i think that's what happened oh so, so the I show did something a, different yeah i think yeah Smart. yeah I'm, I'm remembering now that like the timing of it was like oh you're in present day i think that was the trick of it mm. because oh boy um you play as joel's daughter in the first level got it and then when everything's going down, I think, I don't know if, I think you play as Joel and she's following you and all that. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't realize like what's going to happen to her. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, so it, that, that's where it kills you. Like, it's just like, oh my God, like, oh boy. Like you didn't realize that she's not the one yeah. you're walking around with in the, in the game and all that. It's like Psycho. Unless you, yeah. The movie Psycho. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same kind of thing. It's awesome. Exactly um but yeah that was really good i think what was it like i i still have to like finish skyrim like <laughs> and that game's like you know god I'm gonna have like a 12 year 15 year anniversary some shit like oh that my I god. Don't know, like you know and granted like it's it's a game that's been you know it's kind of like infinitely playable with mods and stuff like that if you play it on pc and stuff like that oh but, i see so it goes on and on dude yeah and you don't really have an it just there's not really an ending to it because i beat the main storyline but there's so many side quests and things to do but there's like a certain like once you hit a certain like level with your character there's another there's like a warrior called the ebony warrior that comes or the ebony knight i think comes and like challenges you i love it it's cool and and then like that's supposed to be like the toughest opponent in the game because they're just maxed out on everything and there's like not really any lore on the guy. So everything's a speculation. Who is this person? Why do they have all this? And so I haven't gotten, I'm almost at that level with my character yet. So I haven't quite done that yet. Yeah. But again, it's the same thing where it's like, I, it's been so long since I've played Yeah. To, that like getting comfortable with everything. And like, so I've really kind of fallen into retro gaming because, you know, my, my daughter's really gotten into watching like Mario videos and stuff like that. And, um, so some emulators and all that. And I just got this cool little Game Boy looking uh, handheld thing called an Ambernick. Oh, nice. RG35XX, it's called. And looks like a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. It's, quote unquote, not entirely legal. Oh, I see. Emulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's from China. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can load up ROMs and stuff on there and play it. But it comes with, like, up to, like, some PS1 games. Oh, that's on this cool. little... The screen's really great. Um, it's like sixty bucks too, and it's, it it there's like a whole community around these things. Oh, okay. Like there's a whole bunch of different versions that are kind of bigger and almost like a 
switch size yeah, almost yeah. screens and stuff like but I've kind of gotten into that and you can like do an HDMI HDMI out on it and play it on a larger screen like it's really neat but um I've kind of gotten into like that and that that's really fun for me because it's it's something I can sit down and I can play 10 minutes or 15 minutes of like an old school game I can play Double Dragon for a little bit yeah and then you know, once I die a couple of times, like, okay, I can put it away. Well, I'm not like sucked in for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. For me, that's why, play. that's why I can't game with the modern games. It's like whenever I'm at, you know, I don't know, like someone's house or something that are modern gamers. Like I, I'm like, first of all, this is so complicated. It's going to take me like a day to just learn how to move around. Right. And also <laughs> yeah. dude, getting sucked into, I, you know, let's put it this way. And this is not an exaggeration. The last game that I was truly sucked into was my freshman year freshman year of high school so it was 1999 it was tomb raider 2 right on ps1 <laughs> and i still have my my game save and i'm still planning on going back and finishing it <laughs> like nice. it, it's 24 <laughs> years later you know like but even that it's like it's so involved the good thing that came out of that game for me is i really got into this band called nothing face you maybe probably haven't heard of them they were like a, oh yeah yeah I, I i've heard of them oh yeah. dude they were my jam in high school they were i that i've seen nothing face more than any other band ever like i've seen them at least 15 or 20 times i don't even know wow they never got as big as they should have they were you know they were a really mm -hmm. great band they kind of got screwed by their label and all that but anyway listening to their album i got into them listening to their cd over and over again while playing tomb raider 2 and then, you know, somehow I ended up, I stopped playing it and I still, ha I actually just fired it up about a year ago. I still have the, the, save, the game save that I'm going to continue one day. When I guess when I'm 45, <laughs> nice. I'll continue um, Tomb Raider 2 and yeah. I'll finish it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's exactly what you said. Like just getting sucked in because I've, when I like upgraded my PC to like a decent modern PC that can actually play some games, I finally like got like Doom 2016. Oh, nice. And I was like, and I was like a couple years ago, it was like five bucks. Cause like eternal just came out. I'm like, I'll pay five bucks for this. Sure. Yeah. And I had the thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to play this game. And I blinked and it was like two hours later <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I had a lot of fun, Yeah. but also I can't do this. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I can't, yeah. I have no, time I can't afford to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, my, and my, my lovely wife is always like, you know, well, you can, you know, try to schedule some time for yourself to do that yeah. and relax and do that. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm still going to feel guilty. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm a, yeah. I'm same here. So, so yeah, it, it, it's so playing some retro games, it, it's much more manageable. I can, I can just put them down and be done with it. And, and that's cool. Um, I do want to continue playing doom and all that. I did get the new, I did play the new Ninja Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge. Oh, the one that's sort of um, retro style. Yes. Oh, how is oh, it? Oh God. I got sucked into that one, but it was so much fun. But it really was like I could just do a level and stop. I love that. And that was cool. Yeah. You know, it, it was really kind of set up in that fun way where I could just do it. So I like did a whole playthrough with my boy Leonardo, mm -hmm. leveled him up and all that. So then I started, you know, and then, you know, I started and it's a game I could play. Like if my kids were like, you know, my, I'm like, hey, you want to watch Dad, Daddy play uh, Ninja Turtles? Yes. And it's like, all right, cool. You know, it's safe for me to have on. No one's getting decapitated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, faces aren't getting ripped off and things like that. Um, So it, I, I, I could squeeze in some time here and there playing it. But that was really, really fun. What did they release um, that for? Is it based on, like, the the Super Nintendo engine? Or is it like an actual fresh game meant for modern consoles, just in a slightly retro it's a, style? It's a, fre it's a fresh game. 
I mean, you can play it on pretty much anything. Okay. Like, it's not resource heavy. Yeah. And they've released it for, like, Switch and and, and a whole bunch of systems. Um, I just got it on PC because that's what I have. Okay. But, nice. um, yeah, it, it's not, as far as I, I, I can tell, it's not, like, a resource heavy thing. So you can pretty much play it, even if you don't have, like, a, I think even if you don't have, like, a dedicated graphics card, you could still play it. Oh, cool. It. Is the music, like, 90s style kind of? Oh, yeah. It, it, is, it is totally, like, a huge love letter to that arcade game, oh, the original arcade it. game. Love it, dude. I love it. It is definitely, a, yeah. yeah, it is definitely updated because it looked great. Yeah. Um, the music sounds great, but like if you're playing and you get expanded kind of skill sets because you can have more space for doing cool moves yeah. and room and, and things like that and combos and things like that. And it's just, it's like the perfect version of that, like a perfect modern version. They didn't try to like put the HD CGI sheen over it. They kept the pixels they kept it um they kept it so the feel is there but it plays really nice and smooth and it's just a ton of fun you know and that you just brought yeah. something up that i want to want to talk about for a second i want to get your take on this sure so okay we're talking about oh how you know how great the the new ninja turtles game is it's got that 90s retro thing but it's slightly like like slightly updated and we both agree it gives yeah. you that feeling that warmth right because yeah of nostalgia right but here's my question yeah. Is it actually all nostalgia? Meaning, like, is it only because we grew up with that that we love it so much? Or is it actually, is there something about it that is different than what exists today that that is its own thing? Does that make sense, what I'm asking? No, yeah, yeah. I think, based on the fact that how many people who are much younger than us love these type of things, too. Yeah, exactly. Especially, like, in the art community, I see a lot of people even, like, doing, like, pixel art style. Yeah, there's something to it. Things like that. There is something to it that just kind of in our brains is just like it 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 it, it gives you this barrier of entry mm-hmm. to what it is yeah. that it's not this uber complicated thing. I agree. Like you can see the pixels, you can see how these things are constructed. Yeah. But to do it to do it well obviously takes skill. Yeah. But you, your brain isn't like, wow, this is super ultra realistic and like kind of overwhelming to you. Yeah. It's like, no, this is, you know, pixels on the screen and, and things like that. And it's, it's, it just, I think it's just the way how our brains process the actual images of it. Yeah. And the fact that oh. even though so many of us um, grew up with that kind of style and as it developed and moved on, yeah. you know, so many of these younger people they still had access to these things. They still saw these things. Yeah, true. You know, like my daughter, like she's going to be seven. She sees, she's seen, she's just as excited. If I play an uh, emulator of, you know, Wario versus Bomberman from the Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> as, as if I was playing, you know, Shredder's Revenge, or if I was playing um, some other ultra detailed, you know, newer game. Oh, so she still likes it. It makes no difference to her. Oh, that's really cool, man. It's, it's all cool. And I kind of think you see that now with so many things, especially like the way animated movies are now, like Into the Spider-Verse or, uh, as I'm told, the new Puss in Boots and even some of these uh, cartoon shows. I think there's one called Gumball, mm. where it just there's so many varying styles of things within these shows and movies yeah. that, that things look different, yeah. but they're all together. And it just kind of like, I think it just creates this whole, like, it's all good scenario. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> with everything. There's something to it, man. And, you know, even myself, like, 
Cause I, that's a debate. A lot of people like, you know, it's funny. Someone, um, Oh God, was it on my YouTube channel? Someone was saying something. They called me like a boomer. They were like, Oh yeah, that's a boomer attitude. I can't remember what I, what it was in reference to, but it got me thinking, but it's funny. Like, dude, I'm even, you know, I get that nostalgic feeling for stuff that I didn't even grow up with. So I've been on a huge 19, late 1970s disco kick in the past few years. Okay. Um, but I didn't grow up with disco. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, but I'm nostalgic for it. And I love the 50s. Yeah. Like, I love a lot of those old 50s albums. I've actually been really getting into the uh, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons kind of stuff. That's more 60s, okay. 50s, yeah. right? But yeah. again, for me, obviously, I, I'm, I can't truly be nostalgic for it because I wasn't even alive when it existed. But there's something no. about that art form, you know, just the way it is. The, the, the production, obviously, was a lot different back then due to the limitations. Yeah. Um, but I like it, you know, and it's it's... It gets me thinking a lot. So some people will say, oh, well, you're stuck in the past or, but it's like, yeah, but I didn't grow up with that. I just like the, I like kind of like watching a VHS tape. Now for me, obviously, and for you, mm-hmm. that's probably a nostalgic thing because we grew up with VHS. But when you watch something on VHS, the limitations of the format add a charm to the experience that you don't get when you watch a movie on, you know, 4k on a massive TV. Exactly. It's completely exactly. different experiences, you know? So I love it, man. Well, I love it. That that's kind of led to like a kind of a mini boom in CRT TVs. Dude, dude, let me tell you. So when I moved in uh, before we bought this house, we actually lived on the second floor, right? We we rented the mm-hmm. the second floor. So when I moved here, I had more space, so I was on a CRT hunt. I used to buy CRTs at a thrift store for like $2, literally. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I can't even find them anymore. And when I go to my local like, you know, Facebook Marketplace, they're going for 200 300 because i'm looking for a 20 inch for my family room right now and um yeah. my other one kind of uh, uh went out and one of the speakers were blown on it and yo there's a huge demand for them now which is crazy yeah yeah this retro gaming thing because old games look better on these nicer on, on a nice um i think uh which i forget which tech youtube i was watching probably linus tech tips but they had like like one of those like flat screen sony crts mm-hmm. that i think were like um, 720p even. Yeah. And they show the difference of that versus like a super high res screen of like an old school game and everything just looks so much better. Yeah, it was designed for the that. Things, Smooths out the edges. Know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, things just kind of blend. Like I think it was a Sonic game they showed yeah. and like it was like a waterfall. And on the screen you see all the pixels, whatever, blah, blah. But on the CRT, it looks like a transparent kind of waterfall. It's like, yeah, it looks so much cooler that way. They cannot. And I think it's the same yeah. yeah, I don't know how what we're gonna do when they're all gone. When CRTs are all gone, because they're never gonna manufacture them again. It's too expensive, and there's no, de- there's not yeah. enough of a demand. But once they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> you know, like, and dude, you cannot like again. I, you know, I have a HD TV. I have multiple HD TVs, but like playing a retro game. Also, the response time is instantaneous. There's zero percent lag. Zero. Yeah. And you feel it. Like when I play my emulator, like I have a Raspberry Pi with all my retro games. And when I go and okay. play my flash cart, like my, um, you know, my original NES on my, on my CRT, it feels like a, a completely different experience, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the CRT is analog. There's, there's zero latency and your brain picks up on that. Yeah. 100%. And I think that was part of the, the, the examples they were showing. Like it just, it's the experience. It, it makes it so much better. And, I think stuff like that coming up too gives this these current generations no. that like attachment to that nostalgia. Even but like even like just now you recently you just said that you know you're kind of 
getting into some of the 70s and like 60s and 50s kind of stuff. And we were growing up, people were being nostalgic for that. It's true. Very true. You know? Yeah. um, Like one of my favorite movies is is Goodfellas. Oh, such a good movie, man. That and and that it's that nostalgia for that kind of simpler time, that kind of music and and you being, you know, uh, a music producer and and having all this knowledge of how things put together, you know, I fully understand from my point of view seeing what people did with the limitations they had. Yeah. And just being kind of in awe of what they were able to pull off. It's you know, that that's why right now for me, it's like we live in the most exciting time because you can do that stuff still. And um, this kind of ties into the new YouTube channel. Like my my vision for that stuff, right, is to kind of go back to how things used to be and have a band play together. Now, the trick yeah. is they have to be good. <laughs> that's the thing. Like <laughs> the band has to actually be able to play. There's no fixing anything. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But, dude, there is an energy to that that very hard to replicate when you're, you know, Recording straight into your computer with MIDI drums. And I love all that stuff. I use Mm -hmm. it. I was just using it before I hopped on this podcast. Um, But I'm kind of going back to that stuff. But for me, I'm taking the best of both worlds. It's like if I'm recording a band and let's say I'm working with like, I don't know, like a dirtier kind of like stoner metal band or something like that. Right. What I would do now is I would pre-produce them with MIDI drums so we could hear everything nice and clear. Everyone knows their parts. But if they want that retro 90s, 80s, pick your decade sound that's a little more loose. Yeah. I would then record it in that style, but we prepared for the recording and we can reference the modern stuff. Right. So yeah. that's how I think now is a great time because, and the other thing, man, is you can create that vibe with modern tools because there are emulations mm-hmm. that are pretty damn close as long as you understand the workflow, you know? So like the Beatles had whatever, they only had four tracks to work with when they were record, but they would bounce things down. So if you were to use your DAW, you would have to, emulate that workflow to a certain extent and kind of mimic what they did. And you would end up with a retro ish kind of vibe, you know? Um, yeah. It's cool that we could do that with, for, for next to no money. Now we don't need all the old tape machines and gigantic <laughs> desks. Although that's part of the charm as well, because those things again had limitations and they prevented them from going crazy. But now it's hard. We have to mm-hmm. intentionally limit ourselves to not go crazy in the studio, you know? So it, yeah. Uh, the option paralysis that happens, you know, totally. Even, even for me, as uh, this year, I've made a deal with myself to make more music and, and put more music out there because, yeah. um, you know, the, over the past seven years or six years, I've, I've done this every most with the exception of one year. Every October, I did a thing called Rifttober and every it was I would sit down, I would write and record and post a new riff every day. That's awesome. Some good, some bad. Some led to some songs. Yeah. Some are going to lead to some songs. Yeah, definitely. And I'm like, you know, after I finished it this year. I'm like, because I finished it last year. Um, what well, I would say, 2021, I finished, and I had a song that came out of it, and I was really happy with the song. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome! I'm gonna keep doing this. And I just got bogged down with other things, and then I did it again this year, and I had like three or four things. I'm like, oh, I could really make these into some really great songs, including working with some people, you know, to to share the load and getting it done with. Hell yeah! And I just didn't get to it so i'm like you know what this year i'm not going to do it i'm just i'm going to finish some songs yeah you know so i i've uh been making some headway you know um in january i had a kickstarter for my new comic uh oh nice um evie and the Helsings. oh cool that's all dude congrats that's <laughs> uh, awesome uh, uh, yeah and it went really really well and one of the tears was i was going to record an original song because it's about it's about a 
this premise is what if the last of the Van Helsings didn't want to become a vampire hunter and she just wanted to be a rock god? That's cool. So, and then as uh, circumstances happen, she kind of has to do both. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. So, you know, the the challenge for me was to kind of like do this kind of like 80s inspired, because, you know, the the aesthetic for her band is kind of 80s ish. You know, I would say like, um, 80s-ish mixed with kind of like a hailstorm type of situation okay. in terms of like that kind of like attitude. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely like leopard print and shit, you know, happening in the band. Love it. Um, but so kind of like writing a song in that style and then finding a female vocalist and yeah. putting that all together and kind of thinking out, thinking out the melody uh, for her vocals and stuff like that. So that's been a whole fun thing I've been doing recently. Nice. Did you find the and, singer? Um, there's like five or six on Fiverr. Mm that i'm 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 leaning towards uh my wife can sing but she doesn't normally do that style and i don't know if she's gonna have time to kind of yeah because i have to like get it to the back oh yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah no i hear you um so uh as much as i like to keep it in-house yeah um i'm i have to i just finished like fully mapping out the song and because i also realized like i was good at in my head i was good at like just making riffs yeah but then when I would make a song, it would be uh, just riff, riff one, two, you know, it's just like riff after riff after riff. There's like the, there's like the connective tissue between everything's wasn't really there. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I need to make, make these transitions, even if it's just like a little, you know, da 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 you know, like whatever. Oh, yeah. That, that's not just, you know, riff A to riff B. Yeah. Repeat situation. So. Yeah, it's harder than people um, think. It definitely, it definitely is. Yeah. And. So, but it, you know, that's become something that's been really fun because I have a few other music projects that uh, I'm working on with other people and kind of thinking in that way. And also, I think for me, for me, for myself, inviting other people to like be vocalists on the projects and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm thinking outside myself exactly. and I'm like, how is this going to be interesting for them? Yeah. That's what juices you know, me so, up, man. This, I love that whole process. Yeah. I've re- that's like my yeah. favorite thing in the world, what you're describing, you know? Yeah, and one of my buddies, another artist who's also a very talented singer, musician himself, nice. you know, he's been working on doing metal vocals and that kind of style of vocals, and he's getting really good at it. Nice. And he's like, hey, man, would you be down for, like, doing all the music for, like, a metal EP? Yeah. And I would just, you know, I'd help arrange and stuff to take that load off, but I would just mainly be doing the vocals. I'm like, fuck yeah, you know? Yeah. So th- that's another thing. I'm like, that's cool. You know, I don't have to, you know, not that I consider myself really a vocalist at all, but, like, I don't have to worry about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not just another, I'm not just another guy making instrumental songs in, in my, uh, my office yeah. <laughs> and putting it out there, you know, you know, what's, you, so. you know, what's funny, man. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to get darker or depressing. It, 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 it's a glass is half empty, half full kind of thing. But what you're describing, <laughs> I think, and I'm not the only one, a lot of people that are in the music industry are kind of saying this, that is the future of like music, like what you're describing. Like, I think, Unfortunately, I'm maybe you're aware of this. Like touring has become very hard for bands, unless you're Metallica oh, yeah. or like Foo Fighters. Like touring is pretty much it's hard to make money now, right? So yeah. bands not only not make money from streaming, but they don't make money from touring. And now the venues, and this has always been the case, but I think it's gotten worse. Venues are now cutting into your merch, so I think we're going to see less like regular bands and more like collaborations almost like rappers kind of not rap music but meaning like how rappers work like you know for example let's say someone like yourself that writes music you'll collaborate with this vocalist and that drummer and this Mm -hmm. screamer and like 
people will kind of be more kind of like solo artists, but people will play on each other's projects. And you're, we're already seeing it. I mean, it already exists now. Like on YouTube, there are guitar players that have, yeah. you know, freaking a million subscribers or whatever. And like, that's how they make their living. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have to step outside their bedroom, but they're collaborating with different people across the world, you know? Yeah. And I think it's great. Yeah, um, it's just different. You know, it's just different than yeah. how it used to be. But I, th- I think that's honestly the future. It just makes more sense, you know? No. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I feel bad for bands who are trying to tour and do the thing. And it's brutal. But I see, I see it on, on like, uh, I think Nick Nocturnal is a great example of that. Mm. Where uh, he's a YouTube guy. He's got, uh, I don't know if his YouTube channel is, it's, it's big. But I know he's also, you know, his Twitch streams are huge and stuff like that. And, nice. you know, he does these little 30 second shorts yeah. that are like, oh, how to how to do like the most people like how to do gujira in 30 seconds and he's like kind of like breaks down like oh pick screen you know kind of you know tongue-in-cheek and all that but then these you know these little short clips get million plus views yeah so then he invites like a a talented vocalist on he makes a video they make a full song so awesome and they put it up so awesome and and there you go yeah man and honestly, you know, like a lot of the uh, old school guys the boomers quote unquote (laughs) right on YouTube will say like (laughs) Uh, they'll say, hey, man, why don't you like do this for real and go on tour? And in reality, a lot of these guys are making 20 times more, mo- 20 times the amount of money that actual <laughs> real bands make out on tour, uh, you know, exactly, like, exactly. with their AdSense yeah. and, and their endorsements. Like, and think about it. They're not traveling. Yeah. They get to spend time mm-hmm. with their family. They ha- make mm-hmm. their own schedule. I'm, don't get me wrong. It's totally hard work. I know how it is with the content game, you know, but oh, yeah, it's just sure. different. We live in a time now where there's no more. There are no gatekeepers like which I think is awesome. You know? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's like that with comics as well. And the thing that keeps going back to is like, it's never been a better time or an easier time to get your work in front in front of anybody. Love it. The downside is there's never been an easier time for you to get your work. Uh, yeah. You're all competing. So it, it kind of becomes this. And I, I'm sure you kind of, you, you could, if you, or any type of creative person, I'm sure it's found its way to your algorithm at some point. Yeah. Videos of people talking about how, like, you put in all this work and like four people like it. Oh yeah, or four people see it. Yeah, yeah. and I know the that's feeling. just kind of how it is. And it's just, and I hate to say it this way, but it's like the people who tend to last longer on it are the people who are like, okay, four, okay, and you keep grinding. Okay, six, yep. cool. And you keep just keep going and you keep going and you don't keep stopping. Yeah, and you know, some people can afford to do that. Some people can't. I get that. Um, there's a lot of younger people I see trying to make it in the in the comics game and all that. That I think th- a big problem for them is they're trying to make it their full time thing way too soon. Oh, interesting. So you're telling me I, I, I'm learning something new here. So you're saying with comics, it's kind of like the music industry now, where like you don't have to work for a publish. Like you can publish your own comics and you don't have to. Work- oh no, yeah, of course, actually. And, Unfortunately, uh, Amazon, not surprising, kind of nuked a huge thing. Uh, Am- there was a, uh, a service called Comixology. It was essentially kind of like a, an iTunes for comics. Okay. You can download digital comics. You could submit your own hmm. and have those up there. I've, you know, I never made a huge amount of money. I probably made a few hundred bucks over... 10 years on it. Oh, but you know? still, but it's still getting in front of still, people. It's more than, it, it's a few hundred bucks more than I ever would have made without it. Oh yeah. Um, but it was definitely, it was something all the companies used. 
and then Amazon bought them. Okay. And it was fine for a few years. Yeah. And then they finally like completely nuked it. Oh no. And now it's all under Kindle, but it's such a fucking mess. Oh, that sucks. And it's incredibly disappointing. And that's where kind of something like Kickstarter really came in. And I think Kickstarter was like one of the biggest quote unquote publishers of comics in the industry, because you have so many people like if I wanted to, you know, make a comic, you know, work aside, if I wanted to put it, put out like a 20 page comic, whatever I could, you know, I could put it out there. I could set my price for, I could say, Oh, I want to make, I'm confident for myself personally. I I could put like a $2,000 goal to to, to fulfill it or whatever. And I'd be, I I would be confident. I would hit that goal. Nice. You know, and that would give me enough. It wouldn't pay me like, you know, uh, a fair wage (laughs) for the work I did, but it would pay me something. Oh yeah. And that's definitely something that in the comic book industry has become more wide, well known and kind of like embraced. And that was, because when Kickstarter first kind of happened, I'm kind of, kind of giving you a history lesson of it. Yeah. When people would pay themselves from the Kickstarter, there was like a backlash about that. Really? People were like, what? And backlash from, who? you know, from the, from like, from, the- from like fans and stuff like that. We're like, so wait, like how much are you paying yourself? Like you, people didn't understand, but as the discussions happen through social media and things like that, now, it's one of the first things that, you know, people see. And as more people were being honest with like, here's the breakdown. Here's what, you know, I, I'm planning for this goal. Here's what shipping is. Here's what this is. And here's page rates for everybody. Okay. You know, here's, here's the amount of money we're going to use for page rates. Yeah. And there's been quite a few uh, collected anthologies that I've been part of where, you know, one of the extra goals on the Kickstarter, once you hit like a higher tier than your initial goal, um, they call them stretch goals. I don't know how familiar you are with Kickstarter, but um, you hit your initial goal okay. and everything. You can set further ones after that. You don't have to hit those, but it's for like a kind of like a rallying thing. Like, oh, we hit 10K. Let's, if we hit 11K, we can do XYZ. Okay, got it. And, you know, a lot of those were like, if we hit, you know, the next, you know, $2,000 past this, everyone's page rates go up. And then you would see that happen. Okay. And then like, it's just, it's just that kind of thing. And I, I don't know, I know that's kind of a a thing like in the in the music industry too, where it's just like, you know, when people want to get paid for their effort. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. It's it's like it's like that shouldn't be a bad thing. You should want to make sure people get paid for the work they put in. There's such a um, stigma, man. Like, you know, that's why it bums me out when I read comments where like Yeah, I, you know, obviously, you know, people just don't understand. Like they think bands make yeah. so They've, you know, because here's the thing for the longest time when we looked at bands, or maybe I'm sure it's like this with comics as well, but like, you know, when the, the average metalhead thinks of a band, they think of, you know, Metallica or Pantera. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, they are from a different time, right? Like, you know, they had record label money. They also were making money from album sales back then. You know, nowadays, like, yeah, you, you make money from streaming, sort of, and then you make money from your physical sales. But I mean, that's a drop in the bucket in reality, you know, when you compare yeah. your, your expenses and your overhead. So when people are saying yeah. like, oh, bands are being cheap. Why are their t-shirts $30? They should be $15. It's like, dude, I mean, like they're making, you know, where are they going to get money from? You know, do you want to see them make yeah. music still? You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, like if you don't want them, like say, hey guys, we're hanging it up. We got to go back to being accountants. Exactly. Like, you know, and, and that's, that's a huge thing. The, the merch aspect of it all. And I think, you know, 
I don't know how records play into this, but I feel like the embracing of records and even tapes now. Oh, dude, my, the, the, the project I'm in, we, uh, we just put out a tape. I, I'm so happy. I, I'm in a band that actually put out a physical cassette. So I'm, oh, I'm actually going to get a copy myself on Saturday. So I'm pretty excited. Awesome. Awesome. I could die happy. Now. I think, I think that's, you know, you know, not, they're not, those are definitely not cheap buy-ins for a band and all that, no. but you know, I think that's definitely helped somewhat with at least some people that I've known that have had records and stuff like that, or they do a small crowdfund for a record totally, or whatever. And that becomes more of a thing. Cause I, I'll be honest. Like if someone's like, if a band I likes like, Oh, we're, we're crowdfunding. Yeah. We're going to put it out on CD. And I'm like, eh, like, okay. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll back, I'll, you know, like I was going to buy this on, Bandcamp anyway i'll back the digital download whatever fine exactly um and, and i don't own a record player you know i don't have a tape player but i've kind of been considering getting a tape player again yeah <laughs> just to, to kind of have that um i don't just the nostalgia oh i love know, it dude. going back to that yeah yeah um but and like if a band was doing that like oh we're gonna have tapes and all that i'm like all right that's kind of cool rad yeah you know and uh, I've seen this a few times in like some people's like you know YouTube setups or whatever. Like in the background, you see like that that old school tape holder. Oh yes, with all the things. And I'm just like, I think what, what was I watching earlier that had um oh uh, the Dead Meat that channel the podcast they do in the background they had like a a tape a, you know a tape deck thing that's so awesome and they had and I'm just like man that's like all the different like tape holders and you see you, see, you still see those things at the thrift store. Oh yeah. Like you still see them. Watch, they're like, going to go up and die next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, so, you know, uh, I, I'm straying from the point here, but yeah, merch and stuff like that. Like people don't make money off their music. I, I'm sure there's bands that make more money off of the, the visualizer or lyric video or the simple video they posted on YouTube yeah. as opposed to actual Spotify listens. I'm going to be honest. What I've, you know, observed you know, from the people that I know and like the bands I've worked with or mixed live or all that kind of stuff, or just, you know, just from just, just being an observer, right? The bands that are, that are making it work and the musicians that are making it work in the modern day, it, they're, they're, they're diversifying their income, right? And they're treating mm-hmm. the band more like in an entrepreneur. I mean, it's always been a business. I mean, it always has been, but yeah. bands now it's, it's different. Like, you don't make your money from the music, but for example, like, oh, here's a good example. Nita Strauss. Do you know who Nita Strauss is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That right there is the prime example of someone who is crushing it in the music industry. Now, obviously, she's playing with Alice Cooper, but if mm-hmm. you really look at her from a business viewpoint, right, she, um, she has a personality, so she has all of her own instrumental solo stuff, which is great. She gets like yeah. other guest vocalists to sing on it. She has, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure she has a Patreon that she's probably making some decent money from, side income, right? She also has mm-hmm. a body shred workout community. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. See, so <laughs> she's smart. Realize. She knows, okay, well, I have a, a yeah. lot of younger f- girl, you know, like female fans that want to get in shape and be like me. So why not create a mm-hmm. program? And I actually have a friend that does it, and it's great. You know, she talks about dieting, and because that's her little, you know, it's her like passion, I guess, is being fit and being yeah. in shape. So, you know, dude. I'm I'm not saying these things didn't exist 30 years ago, but that wasn't really at the forefront of musicians' minds back then. They just played and that's it. But here's the great thing about today is you have control 
So like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure she has management and I'm sure she deals with the label to, a, you know, an indie label. But at the end of the day, she's her own boss now. If she wants to play with Kelly yeah. Clark, who's the one she was playing with for a while? Demi Lovato? She was playing with uh, uh, Demi Lovato. Yeah, yeah. Which was a smart move. Yeah. And people are like talking crap. It's like, dude, like, you know, she's she's making a living, you know, maybe she wanted to do it. Yeah. Maybe she's playing with, you know, Alice Cooper for a decade or whatever. So that's to me a prime example of someone that's uh, that's doing it the new school way and surviving. And I'm sure she's I'm sure she's doing very well, you know, financially, just based on yeah. if you just add all that together. Is she making mm-hmm. a ton from Spotify? I'm going to again, this is all speculation. I'm going to assume not because most people don't. I mean, when you've heard these stories of like, you know. Oh, God, that was an example of like uh, uh, Peter. I might be messing this up, but the, the idea is this Peter Frampton. Apparently, he had like two gazillion streams on like, oh, baby, I love your ways. And he got paid like two grand for it or something. There's some crazy story like that. <laughs> you really don't make a lot from streaming. You really, really yeah. don't. You, like unless you're, you know, again, unless you're I don't even know Taylor Swift and you and you are like yeah. in the top three on Spotify. I mean, Good luck. You know, like it's a good, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. still money, but it's not like it used to be back in the day. So yeah, that's what I have. A, it's not sustaining you. No, no, sure. no, no. And oh, another band that's really, really smart and they know how to play the game in the modern day. And he's really transparent about it. I think more, more musicians should listen to him. And I'm not even a fan of this band. I think they're good, but I, I kind of missed the boat periphery. I don't know if you're familiar with the band periphery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you watched yeah. interviews with Misha? Oh, they are so smart about it. Oh, like dude. they're, they know the music is, kind of like just like what got them their initial fans yeah but like everything else around them the the, the plugins the yep. the uh all every the courses they do and stuff like that like that's all what actually makes them their money and i give the guy credit sure. he's completely honest about it he says we make no money from our music <laughs> he says when we go out on tour we break even if we're lucky and he's he's Mm-hmm. He's honest, you know, he makes all his money yeah. from his guitar endorsements and his pedals and his plugins and his this and that. And honestly, why not? He's, if anything, he's adding value to the community and he's inspiring young musicians to play. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. I think it's great. No, I, I think when, I think that's the best thing any of these artists can do is just be fully honest. Like, yeah. Hey man, this is, this is how you do it. Like, this is what you, this is what we got to do now. Maybe in 10 years, it'll change. Yeah. Who know? you know, who knows if YouTube will be YouTube in 10 years? Like, yeah, who knows? No one knows. But, you know, I think, I think, you know, for us in the combo community, like Twitter was a huge part of like being able to like connect with people and get work and stuff like that. And oh, interesting. what's happening to it now, you know, it's, it's getting torched. No way. In what yeah. way? Yeah. Well, just Musk is just, you know, doing a lot of things that, it very difficult for people to get their art seen. I didn't know that. And and just insisting on like, you know, now you gotta subscribe to Twitter Blue. And I think today they just like removed all like the verification check marks for everybody unless wow. you're paying for it. Wow. Even though there's a even though there's a few people who say they're not paying for it, like LeBron James is like, I'm never paying for this, and then he still has his check mark, but then like <laughs> Elon's like, Oh, I'm paying for a few of these myself. And it's like, what? Wow fucking weird man wow. like <laughs> hopefully oh my god i pray to god it doesn't happen to youtube or something like that you know uh no i don't i i think i think youtube understands a bit more um where i would hope they understand a bit more where they're uh yeah it's it's just not it, it's just i i don't want to get a rant about musk i just he, he, <laughs> twitter wasn't the greatest place to begin with the 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 the, the prime years of twitter were like 2012 to like 2016 oh, like okay. um 
I don't know how loud that was in the background. I had my windows open. Oh, um, I thought it was like a car. Was it car, a car driving by? It's, 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 yeah, it's some <laughs> shitbox car. I think it's a badass uh, driving by. I, you know, that would normally bother me. I'm like, oh shit, I got to restart and cut that out. But like, it's, it's rock and roll. The weather's been so up and down miserable around here. I'm just glad I can have my windows open at night right now. Yeah. And just kind of enjoy some nice, cooler, fresh air. Dude, it um, has been insane. We literally had the AC on like a week ago and then we had the heat on two days later and now it's getting warmer. <laughs> now it's getting colder. And I was like, dude, pick one. Pick one. <laughs> I was, I was literally wearing like shorts and like uh, a tank top and then. <laughs> Two days later, there's snow on the ground. It's, it's insane. And I'm like, like the world's fine. The, you know, the earth is doing great. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, we're around, hopefully all this is around in 20 years. We'll see. Or underwater. Yeah, it's, it's, right? <laughs> sorry, kids. Yeah, um, yeah man. It's, but uh, anyway, yeah. It's, it's just one of those things where it's just like, I think the, the point I'm getting, the more people are honest about how things are done, mm-hmm. I think that creates a better... Uh, a better future for everybody. I totally agree. Because- and you know, one thing's that one thing that kind of saddens me a little bit when I work with a lot of younger bands, um, they they still have that old paradigm ingrained, ingrained. Not all. Like so a lot of them are smartening up and really kind of you know following suit to the way things are going now, the way the way things are now. But like, I'll still get bands saying stuff like, "We need a manager." Well, yeah, man. Uh, I think this dude is going to come from this label to check us out. I'm like, dude, get that. You don't need any of that. Right. And plus, you know, a label's not going to really want to do anything with you until you're already making money so they could, you know, take money from you. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, but again, you know, we have that idea that especially musicians, we, well, it's, I think it's a couple different things. I think a lot of musicians don't want to do the social media thing because it's like they just want to play. And I totally under get that. I mean, I, I before YouTube, I was like the worst with social media. I hated it. Right. Um, so I think musicians just don't want to they don't want to do it. And then number two, um, it's just sexy to think of that old school dream, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you're in a band, you're playing clubs and somebody just comes and does everything for you. They sign you. They put you on tour with. Motley Crue, and then you just make records for a living, and you buy a mansion, and then you're set for life. But it's like, first of all, that's not even a, an accurate representation of how things used to be, because we have to remember, what sucked about back pre-internet was that we are seeing a small minority of the bands that actually existed back then. So yeah. they were probably, and I know that, because I actually, you know, if you really dig deep, there are some really cool YouTube channels. I think one's called Metal School. Um, and this guy, it's mind-blowing, dude. He showcases a lot of lesser known metal bands that were in like the New York area, anywhere in the world. And some of them are really good. And I'm like, how the hell have I never heard of this band? And it's because they just they, you know, they their records went out of print and no one ever remembered them and they were gone. Mm -hmm. They did. They did like one EP or one album and no one. And that's the end of it, because back then there were gatekeepers. If a label dropped you, you were screwed. Nowadays. A band like Slipknot doesn't even have to be on a label anymore because they're, they're, they're their own business. They're, they own all their yeah. stuff or Metallica owns all their own stuff, you know? So I think it's better now, honestly. I think now is, you know, like you were saying, the bad part is now everyone does it. But at the end of the day, you know, when you think about that competition that you're going against, most people, they give up pretty quickly, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. so, if, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. So if you're in a band, it's like, oh, well, now there's a million bands, but a lot of these bands don't really last. So if you keep putting out EP, EP, single, single, album, album. Eventually, you stick around long enough, you're going to have fans, you know, and you're going to be able to yeah. do all right if you're smart, you know, as far as the business end of things are concerned. Um, I love it, man. I think it's great. 
Yeah, it 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 goes for both industries. Consistency is the key. Hundred percent. You you have to keep grinding, keep doing. You can take breaks here and there, of course. Of course. Well, um, but if you're there and you're constantly there, people are going to remember you. Totally true. People, if like you know, a lot of there's a lot of talk about how the album is dead. Yeah, it's now singles and EPs. Yeah, and that's not necessarily a bad thing if it force if it forces people to be more focused on what they're doing. I agree. Um. Not that there's not chances for amazing albums to be dropped. It's just, you know, if people are focusing on, let's make this one song really great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now we have another song. Let's make that one song really great. And so on and so forth. The next thing you know, when you do drop that EP of four or five songs, they're all really great. Exactly. Because you put in the effort to it, you know? Yeah. There's, there's no longer the, you know, sophomore album slump where like you've had your whole life to write your first record yeah. and then you have to write your second record and you know, a 10th of that time. Now it's just like, no, you're slowly building all these things. I think a, a band, I think that did that amazingly was like spirit box and like sleep token. Oh yeah. Dude, those you just two have to work. bands. I, I would, I, the, the band I was thinking of was sleep token. I've never even heard one of their songs, but I've watched their, their, yeah. their growth over the past like, year or whatever it is. And it's unbelievable. And mm-hmm. it's the same kind of same thing. Yeah. You know, and I had never heard of sleep token before, I think like a year ago. And then whenever Alkaline dropped, mm. and then I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> and then I'm looking, and then all of a sudden, it's like things are clicking in my head. Like, I've been seeing this name of this band yeah. being talked about for so long. And I'm like, this is that band? Yeah. And then I'm just like, the, the hooks are in me. I'm like, this is amazing, like sad boy metal. I love this. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> um, you know, it. this feels like... <laughs> And, and no offense to them because I love them uh, just as much. This is like a grown-up's version of Breaking ba- uh, Breaking Benjamin. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like a mature Breaking Benjamin. And I'm like, this is really awesome stuff. And like again, like a spirit. Uh, I bring up Spirit Box just because I'm a huge fan of them, and they've grown and evolved and done different things. They're sick, man. But but they've they've done that thing where like they put out really great stuff, and uh. They did the album. They did the singles to an album game, you know. Yeah, smart. And then, and then you know they dropped. Uh, was it Rotoscope? Almost a year ago, I think. And that that's still been in rotation in my on my playlist. And then they just dropped another new single, which is a little further removed from the super heavy stuff, but it's still really great because it has all their their stuff. And I'm sure once they get like, not that radio really does break bands as much anymore but i think for rock bands and stuff like that i think they can still really push that needle a bit yeah yeah it's not like it used to be but like you said you know if they're on you know what is that what is that that on the serious um the metal station uh oh i it's on the tip of my brain Octane? Uh, is that it? Octane? Oct- Maybe uh, that, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you're, you're right. If they're on like the mainstream, you know, the more mainstream radio stations, and that that'll definitely help them. You know, hundred percent. But they're yeah, they're yeah. already kicking ass, man. Like they're 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 yeah. on the on the up and up, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I'm just like you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if you know you start. It's like randomly you'll see them on a talk show one day. Oh yeah. Like it's just like, oh tonight's Spirit Box. You know. I always thought it would be great to see like a band like that, like on Saturday Night Live or something like that. Exactly. That exactly. That's like the you know? next level of, of, you know, what's funny, man, not to go on another tangent, but I was watching, do you watch Finn McKenty? Um, occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. He, I check him out. He brought up a good point. He was talking to someone. I don't remember. If he was talking to someone in a band. He was talking to, he had, he was on a, it was a podcast I was watching with him on his channel. 
And he said the difference between 30 years ago or 20 or even 20 or 15 years ago and now is back then we had something called, he calls it the monoculture, where Mm -hmm. all of our entertainment was sort of filtered through one or two, you know, you had your cable stations and your Mm -hmm. regular basic TV, right? And then you had your radio. So everybody heard a lot of the same stuff. And he has a good point. It's like, I was never a big hip hop guy, but like I knew who Lil Wayne was, right? I knew who Coolio was back in the 90s, even though I was a metal kid. Now, dude, when people talk about hip hop, I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Half the time, I don't even know what bands people are talking about because the monoculture doesn't exist. Now everyone gets their their entertainment from algorithms. You know, like, yeah. so we're all kind of in our own little world in a way where it's hard for a band to break as big as they did 30 years ago because there's not one medium anymore. You know, like, yeah, that, I think that's exactly. what, the, what the difference is. But I don't think it's bad necessarily. You know, it depends on how you look at it. No, I think I think it breeds. I think it breeds more experimentation from everybody. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, the, my favorite thing now is just you know, even though I can lament the nostalgia aspect of like finding things yes, or, or the, the effort it would take to find things because yeah. uh, it works both with music and comics. Like back in the day you would go, if you, if you wanted to buy Spider-Man, you had to go buy Spider-Man number 342 <laughs> and then they would reference something and you have a little editor, no, editor notes box like, Oh, this happened back way back in issue 294. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I need to find two issue 294. Yeah. So then you would go, you would go, back issue diving you'd be looking through the dollar bins or whatever yeah. you know trying to find issue 294 so you can read that story yeah. and the same thing with music like it was you know especially in the in the mid 90s like uh yeah. you you want you heard about like oh metallica played this song live in japan and there's a bootleg of it and yeah. it's like oh fuck you gotta go to the music store find the bootleg from someone recorded in japan yeah find that cd that's like 30 dollars for like four songs or some like obscure catalog or something. <laughs> exactly. That's where I see yeah, a lot exactly. of my, my obscure VHS was from these weird, weird, shady ass catalogs <laughs> that my poor mom would have to order from for me. <laughs> like, Bobby, what are you ordering? What is this? Dude, it was so funny. I still joke <laughs> with my mom about this. She'll, <laughs> I, I actually saved a few of these old catalogs. Um, they would, they would be the most, you know, that wasn't legal. Like these, these quote unquote yeah. import VHS. She would be oh, calling yeah. like, Hi, this is Susan Torres. I'm just calling uh, to order Zombie 4 After Death, Zombie cl- Creeping Flesh. And my mom's like sweet voice ordering these brutal, you know, gore movies <laughs> from like this. And my dad would joke around saying, oh, there's probably like these geeky dudes that like, you know, when you call, they get excited, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. But no, that <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. She called. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he would say. You know, um, dude, let me just ask you this. I have to ask you something and tell you something. The first thing I want to ask you is this. In the comic world, are comic book stores less common now? Um, they're, well, if, we, if, we, if your reference point is like the 90s, mm-hmm. then yes. Okay. But these days, um, comic stores are, at least in the major cities, plentiful. Oh, good. I think. And the great thing about comic stores these days are made by people who, who you know, went through a lot of the trials and tribulations of the late 90s early 2000s where comics really crashed oh i didn't know that uh well yeah it, there is a whole speculators mm. you know the whole speculation boom of the early 90s where collectibles and variant covers and all these things are pumping money into the comics yeah. and you know people thought were buying the death of superman thinking they're gonna put their kid through college with it and then now you can get it for like 
five bucks. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it just it imploded. It happened to like sports cards too at some point. Okay, but it was the same. It was like the same group of people kind of like built this thing up. Yeah, and then so many, so many comic shops went under oh, because they wow. were buying big into these books and all, and they had so much inventory and so much spent capital that people weren't coming and buying them. Oh wow! I remember very distinctly. I was the comic shop I, I, I first went to that was my consider I consider my comic shop. Yeah. Like I came into comics like just after the image boom hit. Oh, I remember that. So like I wasn't buying the image titles when they just came out. No. I bought I was buying them when they were kind of like several issues deep. Yeah. And those first few issues were like stupid expensive. Oh wow. Like the old spawn by the time, spawn and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like like if I wanted Spawn One, it was already like fifty bucks. Damn, dude! You know, so it was like that kind of craziness. But then, towards the tail end of of my of my that initial thrust of my comic book collecting, yeah. so many books were like a quarter. Wow! Because they could not move these things. Mainly Extreme Studios Rob Liefeld books. If you know, they weren't the best quality. Um, very much kind of like quantity over quality in terms of market share situations yeah. but it was definitely those things where it's like so many things just kind of crashed wow and um even though marvel marvel filed for bankruptcy that was kind of related to something else entirely oh not the actual um, comics themselves not not necessarily the comics themselves okay. but uh it, it didn't help um i think it's because mainly i think it's mainly because they bought toy biz and toy biz like or or a card company and they both like tanked or something oh, wow. and it just like sunk all the capital in the, in the, in the owners. But, um, yeah, there's a, a huge point where like Marvel was just in the doldrums of like spending and stuff like that. And that's when this, um, that Ike Perlmutter guy, um, who for all intents and purposes, uh, is a giant douchebag. <laughs> um, but you know, he was a notorious penny pincher. Okay. And he kind of, that kind of mentality, like, kept Marvel afloat. Okay. For a few years. Yeah. And then they had, and then it, it started coming back. And then they had Joe Quesada um, with the Marvel Knights line kind of overseeing that. And that kind of like brought back a lot of people uh, to kind of seeing something new in different comics. And then they launched the Ultimate Universe. Okay. Of comics, which is kind of like a massive reboot, modern retelling of everything, yeah. um, and that kind of brought a lot more people back, and it, it garnered my interest. Interesting. I uh, just started eventually coming back into comics, and from there, and just also independent comics and stuff like Walking Dead came out, you know, around that time, started yeah. coming out and started like blowing, you know, getting real big. That kind of like started restructuring everything and kind of bolstering everything back up. Yeah, I'm being very general with it, but um, there was a uh, I'm losing my point. So, so let me ask you this. So, oh, but comic stars, comic stars, yeah. Um, people weathered that storm, you know, and there's a lot of comic shops now that are very excellent okay. at being, you can go to a comic, there's, I, I live close to Chicago, okay. and you can go to Chicago, you can go to like five or six different comic shops, and you'll have five or six different experiences. That's awesome. So they're just you can find, less overhead, yeah. like they're smarter with their inventory, and they, that, um, that kind of thing? Some are. Okay. Some aren't. Okay. Um, my favorite shop is a shop called Challengers Comics and Conversation in Chicago. Um, I'm friends with the uh, one of the owners. Uh, he's a great dude, um, and they're both great dudes. And they are very much 
you know, people who are in love with comics. Yeah. They don't like if even now variant covers and stuff are like being instantly like, oh, 30 bucks on eBay or whatever. They don't do that shit. Okay. They don't buy into that. They just want people to read comics. That's awesome. You know, that's cool. And, you know, they kind of, they've, they've tried numerous things over the past 15 years. They've been open where it's like they're, they try to, um, you know, find out where they fit in there. And a lot of, a lot of stores kind of do that. Yeah. There's stores that I'm sure they found their niche of maybe doing that, having all the back issues, oh, cool. having the high priced variant covers yeah. and the collector's aspect of it. But them, the, where they are, they're very much like, we want you to read. So the majority of their store is collections, you know, graphic novels. Um, they have some toys. They have some, uh, the Funko Pops, because no one can escape the Funko Pops. Oh, dude, they're everywhere. Uh, um, and, but then they, you know, they also have like us, they expanded and they have, you used to have like an art gallery uh, section yeah. for original comic art and stuff. It was really cool. But they changed it uh quite a while ago to uh, a side part called sidekicks, which is all, all ages stuff. Oh, cool. So I love going there now with my kids because they can go in there, they can pick out whatever, you know, you know, whatever stuff that's appropriate for them. And, and they get to have fun doing that. And then, you know, I can go get my stuff. (laughs) That's I'm glad to hear that, man. That's cool that that's still going. Cause I admit there aren't any comic stores from what I understand around me. And I used to love going to them. Yeah, I mean, I if I think there's two thousand plus in the U.S., but again, that's with like you'll you'll find like there's like I think there's like I think last there's like ten in the Chicago in the general Chicago area. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, and then but then you find like there's like one in like hundreds of miles around yeah. <laughs> one state, you know, something like that. Um. But, you know, that's where something like Comixology was really helpful. People were able to read things digitally and yeah. and, and all that. But, well, so, comic book, they're, they're still around. Some of them are really great. Some of them are still comic book guy from The Simpsons type of stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I think for the most part, though, uh, it's really less people who are there to try to, like, get money. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, ride some sort of speculative wave of like collectibles and things like that and are just there because they, they have, it. there's nothing else they'd rather be doing exactly. than trying to get someone else to read. It's a labor of love. Yeah. It's a passion. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. dude, I got to tell you something adjacent to that really quick. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like comic book stores. I loved as a horror fan growing up as a kid, I loved video stores growing up. So Mm-hmm, there was, mm-hmm. you know, the mom and pop video stores. I'm sure you probably remember, maybe you remember, um, mom and pop video stores oh, yeah, always sure. had the great obscure horror crap, like the weird stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. When, uh, they obviously started to really go out in the late nineties. Um, and then especially in the early two thousands and blockbuster kind of destroyed them. And then obviously blockbuster went over Now there are no video stores, mm-hmm. right? Pretty much. Yeah. So I thought, <laughs> so I oh. thought, dude, I never in kind of like Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. Never in a million years did I think I would ever step foot in a video store again in my lifetime, unless there was some revival, right? A revival of some mm-hmm. sort. Uh, the closest thing is my basement. I'm setting up kind of like a video store. But um, <laughs> nice. dude, my girlfriend and I, we, we took a little trip to Maine, like a, you know, like a little getaway, four-day, five-day getaway thing. Um, we're walking along like one of the little, in one of the little towns in Maine, and I wish I remember the exact area of Maine, but it was in Maine. And there was a video store. 
And I'm like, there's no way that that's still open, right? We go, they were closed when we got there. We went to the bookstore next door and we went back an hour later and it was a a legitimate mom and pop video store that's still functioning and still profitable and still busy. How crazy is that? Wow. And he he had ton, dude. And it was so crazy because I was talking to the guy, a younger guy, he's like in his forties. He actually just Mm -hmm. bought it only five years ago. And oh, huh. I was talking to him and I'm like, yo, it, like there are no video stores by me in New, in, in New York, New Jersey area. He's like, oh, really? And I'm like, he's not I'm like, I was, it was just so it was like I stepped back in time. Um, but it was a legitimate. I have pictures. I should really post them on social media. Um, but yeah, man, they, uh, they, there are video stores that still actually exist. And I'm going to be honest, we were in there for only about 45 minutes and a few customers actually came in and we're talking to him about movies. So, oh. Yeah. For me, it was like, it was, I, it was, a, it was a great kind of a uh, blast from the past, so to speak. You know, stuff like that, I think, especially with, uh, you know, current generations or our, our generations, um, I think we're going to see more of that. Yeah. Because we realize something's missing. Oh, hundred percent. With dude. the experience of everything. Yeah. And as much as I love having everything I ever want available at my fingertips, yeah. you know, even with a small subscription fee or whatever to, to get to it, there's still that, that feeling of actively seeking out and doing something, which is, I think it's an extension of the whole record thing. Yeah. Same thing. Because to play a record, you have to make that decision. Like I want to take out this record, put it on the player. I'm going to start it. You're not going to like play one track and then put it away. No, You're going to let, you're going to let it play. Yeah. So I think that mentality with things is definitely going to make a comeback in some, not, Probably not major way, but definitely enough to where, you know, I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years to see like, you know, some new story like, oh, there's actually hundreds of video shops now. And, you know, that kind of thing kind of making its way back because especially as all these subscription services keep, you know, dividing. Oh, it's so so annoying because like. I want to watch a TV show. And it's like, oh, it was just on Netflix last week. Oh, no, now I need Peacock to watch it. It's like, yeah, I might as well buy DVDs <laughs> again at this point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it, 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 they, they managed to ruin it. You know, yeah. they managed to ruin the, the, what made it popular and made it appealing. Yeah. And while, you know, there's definitely some of these services now I can't get rid of, like Disney or whatever, yeah. because of, you know, family, kids, and, Let's be honest, you know, I'm watching plenty of shit on Disney. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Mandalorian and, and you know, I, I can't recall, like, actually rewatching any of the Marvel movies on there. I just kind of like knowing I can. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they're all you know, on there? I, um, I think all of them except uh, the Spider-Man ones, because that's that whole Sony thing. Oh, okay. But yeah. I think... I think they just announced that the Sam Raimi's Spider-Mans are coming onto the service. Oh, interesting. Next week. Um, there's some sort of deals happening in place. Um, I don't, you know, who knows how long it is until like Disney's like, fuck it. We're going to buy Sony too. Like, you know, like whatever, <laughs> like, um, and so, yeah, I, I, I get it, man. I get, I totally get the, get the, uh, like the, uh, the love of, of that search of things and having that stuff. And, you know, and, uh, speaking, you know, speaking, you know, speaking of like, you know, old school horror and stuff like that, there is something that I've worked on that I'm like, Oh, you know what? It'd be fun to talk to (laughs) having worked on, uh, would would be you. Um, are you familiar with the movie blood diner? 
Dude, it's funny. I watched it a few years ago. That's the dude. That's a crazy ass movie. A female directed that, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm actually drawing her comic. No way. <laughs> yes. Wait, 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 wait. So she wrote something, and you're adapting it? Like you're? Yes. Um. Well. Um. She. Uh, Jackie Kong is her name. Uh, it's a comic book series called Spend the Night. And uh, just over a year ago, a buddy of mine, uh, Kelly Williams, fantastic artist. He contacted me. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, Don, I was supposed to draw this book. And I'm just so like the way things happen and the, how long the script took or whatever. You know, he can't do it. He's, he's like, I did the layouts for it. Would you mind doing the finishes? I'm like, sure. You know, that's I, awesome. Uh, you know, I'm like, sure, of course, you know, Kelly, you're an amazing artist. You know, I love your work. You know, I'd be happy to. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like started there. And while I can't say it's been like the most smooth experience in the world. It's probably been the most stressful experience I've had. Yeah. Just because she's new to making comics. Okay. She's very much a director. Okay. You know, it's kind of like, well, you, well, you can't do that. Like you can't like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like, all right, that's cool. Um, but then like, just like, you know, uh, like, okay, if I just drew this, like, I can't just like go back and change it. Like it just no like reset. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like filming it and then get it done. Like it, it takes a lot more time and all that. Yeah. So it's been, it's, it's been a, a, a steep learning curve there, but yeah, she had her, she has a, like, I guess over the course of the pandemic, she wrote 20 plots of a comic. Oh, cool. Um, for like 20 issues worth. So, uh, and, uh, you know, she wrote them down like in like script format for like a show. Okay. But you know, uh, According to her, she always wanted to make it a comic. That's just the format she was used to. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's, you know, now it's like breaking it down to the comic format and things like that and just kind of doing all that. So I just finished the second issue of that. Oh, that's so cool, and, man. And it's, it's, it's definitely an experience because um, she's definitely, again, a, a very much a director. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I, it, it took a lot for me to kind of like step back and say, okay, I'm not the, you know, I can't be the one who says this is how it's going to look and we move on because yeah. I'm the artist. Yeah. It, it, it's very much like, okay, let me take a step back here and be more of a production role of it. Yeah. And kind of like, cause I was so, cause it's either that or it's like, okay, you know, where do I find my love of this and my enjoyment of it? Yeah, exactly. It's, cause as much as I like the story, cause it's just like batshit insane. Is it violent? Um, is it like horror thing stuff? It is horror, but it, it's not uber violent yet. Okay. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely like, she's definitely like throwing in like everything. Like I, I see what she's doing. Cause I just saw the script for the third issue. Okay. I see what she's doing. She's like putting in like every single like eighties horror type thing. Oh, that's cool. And just kind of like putting in like, um, I don't want to give away too much, but like in the, in the first issue, it's very much about like a sleepover and something happens and they have to like summon a spirit. Oh, that's cool. You know? And the second issue is like, all of a sudden, like, there's like weird mind possession worm things. And kind of sounds like Blood Diner. Diner. <laughs> and then in, in the third issue, there's like kind of like a, a, a zombie and then like also like, you know, crazy, you know, possessed doll thing happening. And it's like all these things are happening and there's like, and it's just going to keep going. That's awesome. And getting crazier and crazier. So I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, I, I kind of. I'm very curious to see where this is going. That's a, that, dude, that's really interesting. So I'm going to assume she wrote Blood Diner. I know she directed it. I didn't, wasn't sure if she wrote she, it. She didn't. I don't think she wrote it, oh, but wow. she definitely directed it. 
And um, I can't say I've, I've actually, I don't remember actually ever seeing Blood Diner aside from like people talking oh, about dude, it. Dude, you have to see it. It is insane. Um, it kind of, it, but what I've, but what I've seen of people talking about it, I'm like, this thing's fucking, this is fuck this. Yeah. This is Jackie. Well, like this is yeah, whatever you describe for the comic book. It, the vibe <laughs> yeah. is 1 million percent like Blood Diner. Obviously the story sounds yeah. different, but I'm saying the, the, yeah. the, the randomness of it kind of sounds like Blood Diner, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, it's cause you know, I, I watch my more than my fair share of like, you know, you know, old movie, horror movie type of like retrospective yeah. channels and stuff like oh, that. That's how, that's my, so, that's my, that's all I do. <laughs> that's all I watch. Yeah, you know, do you, which ones do you watch? Oh, I don't my know God. if there's don't, any new ones Don't I get have. me started. You know, it's funny. I hardly watch any audio related stuff on YouTube. I mainly all watch all horror stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm a yeah. huge, huge fan of this guy named uh, Dave McRae. I don't know if you watch him or not. He, the, uh, He's actually a voice actor in Hollywood. Like oh, that's what he does for a living. But he has a YouTube channel and he talks a lot about Halloween. He's mainly known for talking about Halloween, but he's phenomenal, dude. Such a funny guy. I, I, I literally put his podcast on every night when I go to bed. Like I can't sleep without listening to it. Uh, so Dave McRae is a big one I watch. I'm a huge fan of this guy, Cody Leach. Again, another horror guy that talks a lot about okay. the horror stuff. Dumb drum dums, dumb drums. I always mispronounce. Another guy I watch. Um, I'm a huge fan of obviously Cinemassacre. And I also like Hacked Movies. Mm-hmm. You watch Hacked Movies? No, no, these are all new yeah. to me. And I'm well, thinking like, wow, perfect okay. example. Like these are big YouTube channels. And because we're yeah. not in a monoculture, like we, I'm sure the algorithm feeds you stuff that I would probably love that just hasn't, I haven't been, I haven't seen it yet. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. So it's really interesting, yeah. man, how much great stuff is out there. But those are the guys that I watch constantly, yeah. constantly. Yeah. I, I think my, uh, one of my favorites obviously is dead meat. Yeah. I watch um, dead huge. meat. I, dead meat is a, it's like a media channel, right? Like they talk about movies and stuff like that. Um, well, they have the kill counts. Yes. Oh, I've definitely watched that. Which which, which are really well done. Um, and they've recently had, um, another guy, uh, uh, named Zoran, who I think was one of their editors and writers. He's been doing a few of them. He did like the Tremors movies recently. Oh, cool. When the host and his, and, and the co-host of the the podcast and, you know, they got married and all that. And, um, his his were super funny because they were much more, he's, he's, he's like doing, he's like doing critters next, which I'm really excited about. Um, and so I really like that. That's really cool. I don't really watch their podcast too much, but I just listened to the one on, uh, they just did the mummy. Oh, cool. Um, the, the Brendan Fraser? Fraser one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was listening to that. That was, that was good. Um, there's one called good, bad flicks. Oh, I watched that. I watched that. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, do you watch, um, do you watch a heart, uh, movie timelines? movie time no yeah he's like a smaller one um not small but you know he's got i don't know Mm -hmm. relative but um great stuff he's an up-and-coming one really good stuff he does right now he's doing this thing this series where he's watching every single um theatrically released horror movie of the 1980s and it's like the series i think it's been going on for almost a year now he's just gonna do it until it's completely done but um wow great he's got his own unique personality as well lots of good stuff lots of good stuff yeah, that that's you know that's one of my favorite parts of like just finding someone who's like I, I just like their personality yeah. of how they're presenting things totally. and and all that and um well uh, like I said uh, Taylor Danley he just did one uh he's a YouTube metal dude a uh, night circles that's his um that's new he just that they have like three videos up right now um and I think they're calling it like dissections or whatever and where it's just basically you know they're going over the movie and having, you know, your own like opinions and kind of quips or information about it. And even though I've seen the, even if I've seen the movie or if I've seen two other videos on the movie, yeah. I just like hearing the commentary from other people oh, of and course. what they might bring to it yeah. and things like that. 
Um, so I'm glad you've, you've mentioned a whole bunch of names. I'm going to have to go back and like just write oh, down and, and, and put those on my list. That, that's all I do. Um, Honestly, like what I like, I, you know, like that's one of the main things I do at night is I watch different people talking about mm-hmm. like old horror movies or old movies in general or so much good stuff yeah. out there. Are you a Cinemassacre fan? Um, you know, what? I've definitely watched a lot of their videos. I don't know why I've, I'm not subscribed to them. I don't know why. Um, I've definitely seen a lot of their videos. Well, you know, though, the angry video sure. game nerd probably yes yeah, yes that's, I yeah that's that's he, he pops up a lot of my algorithm it's like it's funny because he's been doing this forever oh. and i'll see him pop up and i'll see a video and it's like 13 years old and i'm like jesus Christ. yeah dude how <laughs> crazy is it that youtube is that old see let me just one one yeah. last thing i want to mention here what's really great about youtube that a lot of people don't know is that unlike instagram and facebook and tiktok and all this stuff youtube is a search engine so it's not yeah. really social media. It's, it's, it's just like Google. It's just the video form of Google. So things last forever. I mean, not forever, but I'm saying like, you know, something that could be 13 years old can then go viral out of nowhere. Right. So yes. it's great for content creators like us that, you know, we could put out a piece of content that dude, I've had so many videos that I put out that completely flop and nobody gives a crap. And then like eight months later, it starts to take off. It's like, what the hell? And it's just that for some reason, whether it's the algorithm or whether people just started searching that topic for some reason. Mm-hmm. It, and I think that's an amazing thing. You know, it's a search engine it, versus um, TikTok. You know, you, you might have a mm-hmm. video that goes viral and then in a month, nobody gives a crap and it's gone forever. You know? So yeah, uh, YouTube yeah. is a powerful, um, a powerful tool for content creators or business owners in general. Yeah, it's awesome. Definitely. Um, there's other ones that like kind of deal with ones like general monster type things, like um, Dragon Curve. And what do they you mean, like, 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 um, just kaiju or like monster movies? Oh, that's cool. Um, like, uh, what was it? They talk about like they talk about like you know, even like potential. Like I think it was a fairly recent video where it's like, oh, a, a sequel to the Howling that we never got to see. Oh you know, yes, or, yes, I yeah, you know, stuff like love stuff like you that. know or. Or like, here's this weird ass alien movie, uh, alien horror movie from like 1990 that you have no, you've never heard of. My and favorite. it's like, you know, it's, it's fun sometimes where it's like this crazy ass movie that no one's ever heard of. I'm like, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go watch this. You know, Dude. like this super, this, this crazy superhero movie you've never seen. Of. I'm like, I've seen Guyver 2 Dark Hero 15 times. What are you talking oh, about? I rented that from <laughs> until it was worn out from start from a. Uh, blockbuster what are you talking about speaking of that i don't want to give anything away i mean i, I think this I don't, I don't know if you'd consider this a spoiler or not it's kind of all over the place but maybe you've heard it um i speaking of obscure things um are you a fan of or have you ever researched the superman lives from 1998 movie yes okay yes well uh, did you hear no what's up? oh i don't know if i should say it or not i mean shit i don't want to mess go go for it say it uh yeah so apparently nicholas cage is has a cameo in the flash as superman does he yeah oh man i hope that's true i really hope that's i have true. a feeling it is man it's because i would love to see that because you know it's funny like that movie would have been batshit insane but i think it would have mm-hmm. worked honestly like i know people are like oh it would have been retarded but like yeah i think it would have been really really good i think i think it would have been well done you know you know it's as as i you know i i hit the 40 mark september oh you're 40 as I, as I, yeah, oh, I yeah. thought you were younger as, than me. No, 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 no. I'm old. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I'm almost 40 as well. I have about a year left. <laughs> uh, you, you've, you, you know, the amount of shit you give about certain things decreases so much. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. But also, 
like you can you can look back like i can tell you right now if that superman lives came out the way they were gonna make it mm-hmm. i would have fucking hated that movie yeah. now <laughs> i would have i would like die if they actually had that movie made i know and i could watch it now i know like i like just the appreciation like because i i'm one of those people who like i saw batman and robin in the theater me too okay me too and I actually saw it twice. Oh, really? Oh, wow! Because 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 of because of an accident. Uh, um, I went to the. I I I. I, w- I had a movie day for myself when I was a teenager. I went. I saw Men in Black. Came out. Bought a ticket to Batman and Robin. Yeah, I went into the, the wrong screen. I went into the wrong screening, and I was like halfway through the movie, <laughs> and then I was like, I thought I was late. Cause I thought it was like a 10 minute difference. I'm like, Oh shit. Let me hurry, let me hurry up. Oh. And I didn't realize I was already halfway through the movie. Cause I'm, it's ending. And I'm like, that was wait. <laughs> so then I like, I, I, I walk out and I'm like, shit. And then I saw it like playing, getting ready to play again. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> walk into this other theater and sit down and play. Cause you see kids, um, you didn't have to buy your actual seat. You just bought a general ticket yeah. and you need to go do whatever the fuck you in. want after you, it's <laughs> true. Yeah. you can go see whatever else you wanted to do too. Um, so in my head i'm like i'm not stealing i'm not being a jerk i just didn't see the first half of this movie yeah. so then i just went and i watched the rest of it and i hated it like at the time i absolutely hated it but i've seen like bits of it and clips of it now and i'm just like this is fun is it, yeah. <laughs> like, this is silly. to me now you know? when i see it it feels like a 90s version of the 60s show yeah yeah you know um and and while you could tell you i could tell myself that back then like i think Although I do think like that perspective comes with having seen the Nolan films too. Yeah. And think, okay, we got the deathly serious version. I kind of want something in between, which is why I kind of really liked Affleck as Batman, at least how they portrayed him. Yeah. I Um, loved, I just wish we got more of that. Yeah. Like here's, here's my take. Honestly, this is my opinion. Like those, there was so much potential there. But they, it was so overstuffed. It's like, why, mm-hmm. like, why is Wonder Woman and Doomsday in the first? We just met Batman. Well, first of all, we just met Superman. He had yeah. one movie, and then all of a sudden, yeah. it's like, oh, well, we got Batman. It's like, I don't know. I get that they don't want to do the origin story all over again. And I totally understand that. But we didn't even get to explore Batfleck, and I, I thought he was no. phenomenal, dude. I thought he was a great Batman. I, personally, I, I like, I like the way they portrayed, like the fight, the one fight scene in the warehouse dude, where he's just wrecking dudes. The best, and like, this is cool. That is the best. <laughs> batman fight scene in my opinion of all time i, th- I thought it was yeah. phenomenal it was just so gritty yeah. and so dark knight returns-esque you know yeah um, and you know i'm not one of those guys like oh my god he was shooting a machine gun at people like i don't care like keaton's batman blew up dudes yeah. like i what do you want me to do well also i mean i could be wrong about this but from what i remember of the dark knight returns didn't he kill people like he killed um in the in the comic book like he was older I, and grizzler I, I remember him shooting uh, uh, the chick in it right Um. He used the gun. I, I, I don't recall exactly. I what, think to he what killed end. the one, you know, the, but it was also the scene where he, there's also in that book, also the scene where he breaks the gun and he said, guns are the later, weapons of the enemy. When he's on or the whatever. horse yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I remember that. But yeah. I thought in one so, scene, he actually does blow away one of the mutants when, when she was about to kill yeah. the kid, like she had a baby and she was like threatening. Uh-huh. I thought I could be wrong, but I remember reading that. So I kind of, it, th- it's, it's possible. Um, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I wasn't that hard of a stickler on something like that. That's fine. Well, I, um, I always yeah. interpreted it with Batfleck that he 
had, this is just maybe in my own head, but I, I took it that he had that rule when he was younger, but now that he's old and an alcoholic and shot and mm-hmm. all pissed off yeah. about Superman and crap, like he kind of just doesn't give a crap anymore, you know? Yeah. That's how and, I took it. And this it. was a Batman. Yeah. And this was a Batman that lost to Robin. Like, exactly. so he's definitely like, you know, past that, past that point. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's I, how I interpreted know, it. Yeah. I, I really wish like they didn't like just blow the load on it. I think that's what the biggest problem was with Batman. It's a shame. It's just like, you know, you save Doomsday for the first Justice League movie. Then he kills Superman. And then that's when Darks, and have Doomsday be sent by Darkseid. And Darkseid's like, great, I killed Superman. Earth's now mine. Yeah. I'm gonna go there. And then that's when you have to resurrect him to go put the beat down on Darkseid. Like, you know, just they, they tried to, to they tried to push the DCU too fast. It was so bad into this, <laughs> and it's just like, and there were know, elements that were good. You know, like like I said, I thought Batfleck was great. I love the costume. I love the way yeah. he, I just I loved it. But it was it's a movie. It's just not good. You know. And then the, the Justice no. League. I mean, yeah, the Snyder Cut was better. I thought, but it's like I don't know. Me personally, let me just say this: this is what I want. First of all, like I said, I want I want Keaton in a Batman Beyond in its own universe with 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 Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. That would be unbelievable. I think. Also, I loved Joker because it wasn't, it was different. It was more small scale. It was, it felt more grounded and it was also stylized and obviously it was set in the eighties. And I just, I, for me, that's more interesting, right? So what I would like personally, this is like my dream is a Batman movie, right? That's, Mm -hmm. um, more noir-esque, but not like the, the bat. I like the Battenson one. I thought it was good, but like. I want yeah, a Batman fine. movie where he's in the blue and gray, right? Like, like, mm-hmm, but like a dark mm-hmm, blue mm-hmm. and like a dark, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it takes place in like the fifties, uh, and it's more gangsterish. Like the Joker's in it, but it's more grounded. Mm-hmm. Like it's not fantastical and just super. Yeah. Think about like you know the vibe of the Joker, right? Um, the, yeah. the vibe of the Joker movie, but a Batman story taking place in the sixties, and he has a Robin, right? He doesn't have crazy mm-hmm. ass tech. He has tech for the time. But it's he's more of a detective, you know, and like they have to. Yeah, that's what I would like to see. And it's and it's a little more dark and a little more violent. But like, it's not it's just a well-crafted story. And again, it takes it's a stylized, you know, the dudes all have like the fedoras and stuff. I would love to see that personally. (laughs) I don't know. I I see it in my mind. Like, I think if they do it, it would be so phenomenal. They had like a really good director do it kind of like the Joker, you know, Um, Mm. that's what I would like to see. I don't know. That's no, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm all here for just doing something different with it. I like, agree. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a huge attachment to the DC universe in general. Yeah. That's not, that was not my thing growing up. So maybe it's just my point of view on that, but I'm less about it being all connected and it all working. Like, would I love a version of that for the people who are the fans and want to see these things? Sure. Yeah. But like, I think movies and movie goers are at the point now to where they can understand, like this isn't that version. No, this is a different version, but it's still enjoyable. It's still fun. I hope so. Cause you at know? this point there's like 20 different Batmans alone. <laughs> you, yeah. You know? you know, and I'm, I'm glad that they're going ahead with another Robert Pattinson Batman. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I like the first, I like that first one well enough. It was good. I, yeah. um, you know they have a whole penguin show coming out. I've with, heard. Uh, uh, why am I why am I spacing well, out his Farrell. name? Yes, Colin Farrell doing penguin, which was he was great yeah. in it. Um, so okay, cool. But then it's like, you know, I'm 
I'm fine if they want to do something like that, something more noirish or something more, you know, or do a Batman Beyond. Give us a fucking Batman Beyond they already, guys. Dude, I, like that is the biggest missed. And keep it. You know what's funny, man? Like, don't make it cra- like the budget doesn't have to be friggin' five billion dollars. You know, no. look again. Look at the Joker. Now, obviously, Batman Beyond's going to need. It's going to have to. The budget's yeah. going to have to be there. But get creative with it. And like back yeah. back to what we were talking about earlier. Like there is a charm to those old. Uh, Burton movies like if you look at Beetlejuice or Batman or Batman Returns the models that they used and some of the, like the um, the matte paintings and things like dude if they did a Batman Beyond and they kept the CG to a minimum or they used it more kind of like how they used it in The Last of Us more for like you know textural things and more like backdrop kind of thing it would be so sick I think you know unless Tim Burton doesn't have it anymore but I think he still has it I think they could do something really unique with it you know but that's just my opinion no I, I- I, I completely agree. But what's going to happen is we're not going to get it. And then in, in 10, 15 years, they're going to be like, oh, they're finally doing Batman Beyond. And Ben Affleck's coming back to play Bruce Wayne, old Bruce Wayne, <laughs> you know, and then and then we'll be, you know, you know, 50, 50 going on 50. I'm like, about fucking time, you know, and oh, then but they need Keaton, and then, dude. Keaton is the key. <laughs> God, I think. They, they ha- no, no one's going to rock a turtleneck better, man. No, no one's going to, no one's going to do that, that look. And I think, um, honestly, I think you're right. I think this flash is going to do so well. And I actually think Keaton is going to kind of gain, because obviously you have the nostalgic guys like us that remember that's our Batman. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it's my Batman growing up. But I think a lot of the younger kids are going to actually like this version as well. And then they'll do something. They have to. He's too good of an actor, you know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's his own. When I think of Michael Keaton as Batman, like that's Batman, but it's like it's it's its own thing from like Batman from the comics, you know, like it's Keaton Batman in my head. Yeah, no, and and it's you're not wrong, and it's def- there's definitely that feeling of it all. Yeah, of uh, it being its own thing, and like let's celebrate that. Let's have that be yeah a version that everyone can enjoy, you know, until <laughs> that that version is no longer you know available to us. Yeah. But um, he's up there, you know, man. He's like 72 now or something. So we got to get yeah, him in while he's know, still around. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to be morbid about it, yeah. but um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely uh, a thing where it's like you kind of have to think about that yeah. as 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 good and maybe, you know, fit as the dude is. Yeah. You got to kind of consider those situations to where, like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that it's. We've, there's been so many lost amazing actors and all that that oh, it's such a bummer you know i mean look 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 what happened with carrie fisher you know like the third move the third movie hit it was gonna be like her movie yeah. you know and they just had to like uh just drastically change it, it it's but you know we'll see hopefully you know the controversy around ezra milla and their indiscretions that guy and, and what is and, wrong and what is <laughs> what's up with that they, guy? Uh, um they i don't know they have some mental issues and yeah. apparently they're getting treatment for it i don't know like when it was all happening obviously you're seeing all you know, oh arrested again and blah 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 yeah. and these weird kidnapping things and yeah, it's like weird strange i i have not seen follow-ups on it but it's like you know i want to hope for the best because I think Ezra Miller's a, a funny Flash. I, I, you know, I like uh, their character. You know, um, yeah, uh, they, you know, they definitely. It's not necessarily a, a, the best version of Barry Allen to put forth in terms of like you know, true to the comics, yeah. but 
for all intents and purposes, it's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the I like the CW version as well. Yeah. Um, though I haven't watched the past few seasons, and apparently they've really gone off the rails <laughs> there. But that's that's what everyone says about everything, you know. Yeah. Um, the older stuff was always better, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> yep, that's how it is with everything. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, but I, you know, I hope I hope it's the best case scenario for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I have a feeling it's just gonna. It's either going to like just. I don't see this movie not being an absolute smash, yeah, or just being one of the biggest disappointments ever financially. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like there's no middle ground that's going to happen with this. Just not going to be like it did okay. Like, well, the reviews have been through the roof. Like, it's apparently it's yeah. test screening like Dark Knight level positivity, yeah, which is crazy. So. Who, so who knows? Yeah, who who knows? You know, uh, hopefully the uh, that carries it through, and then we can we can get to see the cool things that can happen after. We can get our we can get our Terry, yeah, uh, Batman Beyond movie to do it, <laughs> that, dude. Yeah, I just don't. You know, they can do it, man. Like, well, the, the- just you know. Suck it up. Talk to Lucasfilm. Get that 360 L- L- <laughs> screen they use to film everything in to save money. Yeah, like just do that, man. Just do like, it. Just, you can do it. They have you know? to. Well, the this isn't even a rumor. It was they had they announced that the obviously the Batgirls was canned because you know it's film. Yeah. We know that. But um, there was going to be there was going to Batman Beyond was supposed to happen with Keaton mm-hmm. and it's temporarily canned. Like they canned it because of the new DCU yeah. going forward or DC. What are they calling it? The D. DC, I, 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 DCEU. I don't it know, used to be DCU, and I'm calling it DCU. Um, but I don't know, man. We'll see. All I know is that I mean, I, I, I got to take what I can get. All I know is that yeah. in June I get to because I saw Batman Returns in theaters, and that was th- mm-hmm. it was literally exactly thirty years. Oh no, no, now we're at thirty-one years actually. So thirty-one oh. years ago, I got to see Michael Keaton as Batman in theaters, and I get to see it all over again at at uh, thirty-eight. It's funny because I'm now. This is how much of a geek I am. I'm excited because I'm the exact same age that Keaton was when he played Batman in the first Batman in 89. So it's like, nice. that's, I was like, I got to see it this year. That's, that's my level of, I be uh, Batman. of fandom. Um, I could still be Batman guys. I can still be Batman. I can still be Batman. I dude, I still love Batman returns. I, I you know, he, cause again, you know, I don't think of them as comic book movies. I think of them as Tim Burton movies, you know? So yeah, I think of it as, well, Batman is such a great character cause it could be interpreted so many different ways. You could have a grounded Batman. Mm-hmm. You could have a, you can have a fantastical Batman. that's in like, you know, with the metahumans that you could have someone like Tim Burton, who's such a unique visionary artist and his interpretation of it. And it's, it's great, you know? So. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a great, um, blanket. Yes. Character to have totally. to just go do crazy shit with. Hell yeah. I um, agree. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. At least, you know, the possibilities that come from it at the very least. Yes. I'm not a know. fan of the way to CG. I'm going to be completely honest. The CG to me looks. I, I'm not a big fan of CG. I like, I just, it takes me too far out of the, but with that mm-hmm. being said, if the storyline is good and it's a lot of it does look good. So I think it's going to, I think it's gonna be fine. I think it's going to be a great, a great overall. And I think what's really selling people, honestly, from what I've heard about the, the review so far is the story is actually really good. I think low surprise, surprise, a good story is what people actually want to see. Right. Kind of like the Joker. So mm-hmm. I think that's what, I think the whole story with Barry, with his mom and all that is, is it is supposed to be really emotional, you know? So we'll see. Awesome. Awesome. 
Well, Bobby, I think I've uh, torn your ear off long enough. <laughs> oh, dude, I can go <laughs> all night. This is great. No, yeah, dude. It's yeah. funny. Speaking of nostalgia, one last thing I'll say is like, so much time has gone by. I'm actually nostalgic for the first time that we did the podcast. Um, <laughs> Same. Like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, man, we even had talked about coffee. Like, is he still, you know, like, I remember last time we talked, you mentioned that you're, you're cutting back. Are you, are you back on the sauce? Oh, like, dude, you know? I'm, I'm, you know, this whole thing with the house and the renovations and the not sleeping. I've, I'm, I'm laying. I actually just had a cup before I did this. So. I'm back on the sauce. I've, I'm not at the level nice. I used to be when I was younger because I mm-hmm. went to unhealthy levels when I was younger. But uh, what I do now, and it's kind of sacrilege to someone like you who's a who, you know coffee. Uh, oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not fancy. I'm not a, a snob about it at all. Like get get it how you get it. Well, do it to what you got to do. <laughs> what I do is I have half decaf because it prevents me from going balls to the wall. So like I'll have like um, Folgers half decaf on a regular basis just so that way I can have more cups without being as caffeinated. Um, it's not the best coffee in the world. I, I definitely prefer something that's, you know, like a, like a pour over or something like that. Uh, my neighbor is mm-hmm. actually, uh, he owns his own coffee shop and he makes amazing coffee. I prefer the good stuff, but on a regular basis mm-hmm. to cut my caffeine down, uh, I'm, that's what I do. So again, oh no, I, I, yeah, nothing I totally get it. I totally get it. You, you got, you got to find your, uh, if your tolerance ain't, ain't, uh, I, I know a few people who like, they just can't touch it because it just doesn't work with their bodies well. Yeah. Even though they love it. Well, for me, you know, I love it too much. And then I get at it. It's like an yeah. addiction, dude. So like, I'll go yeah. from having, you know, um, like two cups and then the next, then a week later, it's like, Oh, I'll have two and a half. And then two weeks later, it's like, Oh, I'm having three. And then before you know it, I'm having 17 yeah. cups of coffee a day. Cause I just love it that much, <laughs> yeah. you know? So. Yeah. No, we, yeah. My wife and I are up to our, our intake definitely went up because, uh, first off, we both, we both have, acquired larger coffee mugs oh there now. you go that's it that's so it. <laughs> now our usual like standard size coffee mug is like you know the standard size coffee is like 12 ounces yeah. 10 to 12 ounces yeah. right we have the bigger like 15 ounce ones so <laughs> there it'll, it'll be like the afternoon and i'm like it's like no coffee left and i'm like oh we both had big cups yeah, today yeah that's it yeah <laughs> we both had the big cups today so we're both like looking for a third cup and it's like i gotta make some more dude you know, <laughs> I cannot wrap my mind around how people, some people don't like coffee and don't drink it. I'm like, how are you human? Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's something I love to the level of like, it's, I love it. I love it. It's up there with, it's up there with Batman. It, you know, I was one of the people who were like, I don't like coffee, but then, you know, like 15 years ago, I just had a cup that did it for me. And I'm like, I, I'm a coffee guy now. Yeah. You know, yeah. and just, you know, over the past few years, you know, just, really trying to check out more coffees and stuff like that like i just become more of a coffee guy you know i it's just it's just what it is i love it i guess i i have an unfairly um i want to say high tolerance for caffeine yeah like i can definitely drink i've definitely had like five to six cups of coffee and still like was like droopy eyed by like 11 o'clock you know yeah. like, i'm just like all right i'm done you, yeah because you get you know? used to it you know at least me yeah like Oh, let me tell you this. I've gone through phases where I've completely quit caffeine stupidly. I've done it a few times. And um, I'm going to be honest, there's not much of a benefit. Like I might sleep a little better, but it's not like I sleep 20,000 times better. And I've gone like months without it, without coffee. And dude, what's crazy is what the only benefit for me for quitting coffee is when you drink it for the first time again, the experience is euphoric. Like the caffeine hitting your brain. Like I literally will like play guitar for like Mm -hmm. 10 hours straight. You know, like, cause you're not yeah. used to the caffeine. So that's one. And I think 
what sucks is when you when you develop that high tolerance, it doesn't do it the way it used to, you know. So oh no, and you know, in my own, you know, my my own main vice is kind of food, you know. So whenever I do actually get my s together and I'm like not eating the things I love Yo, on here. a daily basis, yep, yep. you know, when I finally do have a piece of pizza, it's like, Oh my God, this is the best food yep. in the world. Oh yeah. When I finally have, you know, um, what's my, you know, my, my other go-to is like, you know, just like even just like some good tortilla chips and salsa. I'm like, Oh, this is the shit. Live off of that you know? stuff, man. You know, give me you know, carbs. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge taco guy. So like, Basically, I can eat most things if it was wrapped in a tortilla. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's it's like you know when I don't have you know good corn tortillas for a while, even though I, you know, I I'm less of a, a no carb person, more like I just kind of like kind of cut it back because yeah, yeah. You know, in terms in terms of like exercise and stuff, as I've gotten in the past couple of years, I've tended to lean more towards like just trying to like put on, develop more muscle as opposed to like getting leaner. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and you know part of that is just the fact that you know i'm i'm not a super i'm not a tall guy by any means but you know i am a bigger guy so i am have so when i am running it is a little bit more stressful on my knees and stuff like that running is it it's it's it can be it's one of those things where like when you're you know when you're in shape for it it's good but it it can be really hard on your joints and everything else you know yeah, and and it, it is it is so hard for me to like when I get down to like a leaner size yeah. to like maintain that. Yeah, because I I have like I have to run like twenty plus miles a week, and I don't have time for that. Yeah, but you know I've been able to be you know keep my health relatively good by just focusing more on on weight training and some car you know and still keeping some cardio. Yeah. because cardio is always important for your heart. Totally. Yeah, you got um, it. No, you seem to have it dialed in, man. Yeah, it's it's a balance yeah. of the both, you know, a balance of the two. I think online and obviously they try to sell us on like, oh, this magical diet. Oh, this magical workout no, routine. It, it, but in, like anything else, it's really just common sense and just and like um and like uh what's the word I'm looking for? And just uh uh just keeping things a balance, you know, like a little bit of, yeah. cause as we age, our muscles atrophy, everybody, once you're yeah. 18, it's all downhill after that for everybody. So you have to, you have to stimulate them, you know, that doesn't mean yeah. going and bench pressing 3000 pounds. That just means doing something, no. you know? No. And you know, part of that, that, that muscle loss aspect was part of the reason I'm like, you know, let me try to build up some more yeah. to kind of like get, get that going. Um, try to maintain that a little bit better, but yeah, you know, not that this is becoming a fitness podcast by any <laughs> means, but you know, I can say as someone who's been a, a chubby guy yeah. for the entirety of his life, even when I was at my thinnest, I'm you know five seven, five eight on a good day. Yeah, um, five seven. You know, at my thinnest as an adult, mm-hmm. I was like one ninety. Okay, wow. You know, and you know, I have I have big legs that thankfully you know. It looks like I don't skip leg day, but I never do leg day. So I have those genetics for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I have the fact I have the, the the big guy leg genetics. So my calves are always much more impressive than anybody else's, yeah. even though I don't do shit for them except like run, yeah, or, or or whatever. But you know, this is just I'm I'm constantly fighting up and down, twenty pounds, thirty pounds. I can say the the, the only thing that works on any type of consistent basis is just balance. Less in, more out. That's it. It's it's That's simple. It. You That's know? it. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if it's carbs. Like, granted, if you're trying to get into a certain physique style, yeah, you really got to hone certain things in. Oh, dude, I know. But 
but for general fitness, for general feeling, just feeling better. Yeah. And I will attest, like, as long as you stay active and you keep workout, you know, two to three times a week, even. Yeah. You will not, it, you, you, you realize you'll feel better if you're not eating as much garbage. Oh, it's true. It's true. And if, if you're working out, you realize that like, okay, you know, you know, you, it, it, it feeds itself. So yeah. granted, I am no saint by any means for food yeah. whatsoever. It's all, it, it, it's all about fighting your battles here. Yeah. Like today, you know, I really had a craving for chocolate. So I grabbed, you know, uh, four dark chocolate Oreo thins yeah. from the cabinet, sat them down. That's, that was, that was my, my thing before <laughs> it wouldn't be the Oreo thins. First of all, it'd be the whole ass row of dark chocolate Oreos. Yeah. Like I'm not a big sweets guy, but for some reason, those things have my fucking ticket. Oh my God. Um, but you know, it just, it's just kind of, it's kind of like that thing, you know, again, I'm not a small guy by any means. I still have, you know, the dad bod, but yeah. you know, I've, uh, I've worked out enough to where my shirts look like, uh, you know, the, the, the tops, the tops a little more evened out. Awesome. It's yeah. not, it's not all belly. Dude, <laughs> you know? it, it, I love this topic because it's so interesting how habits really do, you know, come into, yeah. let me give you an example. Like I'm a huge eater, right? But I wasn't when I was a kid, yeah. I never had trouble with weight. Like, I was always a skinny kid. Cause I didn't, my mom claims I didn't really eat when I was a kid. And what's funny is my, my girlfriend's really thin. So she's, you know, she's, she's really short also, but she's like under a hundred pounds or like, she's like a hundred pounds. Um, okay. But dude, when we go out, let, let me, no, let me just backtrack. Look, this is, this is me. I can't have cereal in the house because I will eat all of it. Immediately, like, dude, I will literally <laughs> eat two boxes of cereal in one sitting. Like I can't stop, you know, like I, I love, love peanut butter. I love sweets. My girlfriend is one of those people that can literally have like a small, like two cookies and she, she's fine. I'm like, I can't do that. I just can't do it. <laughs> so like, yeah, I just can't have it in the house. That's just, you know, that's my weakness. Uh, I think I've kind of become addicted to it. But another thing I've realized is it, throughout adulthood for me, especially since my mid twenties, like I've been pretty into fitness and working out and eating right and being lean. And this past year with the house, dude, oh my God. And all the stress and the, and the renovations, like I really like stopped working out for stress. the Oh, stress is a motherfucker. It's uh, that's easy, dude. How like, luckily, you know, obviously it's not the same for me as it is for someone that's never worked out. Cause I still have like the, the muscle memory and like the, the cardio mm-hmm. memory. I, I like to call it, but dude, like what I've learned is that at least maybe it's my age now. Like if I go to eating like crap, like eating pizza, cause what I want to eat is pizza every day. What I want to have for breakfast yeah. is cereal. I want to have four bowls of cereal just to wake up. And then I want to down it with 20 cups of coffee. And then I want to mm-hmm. have you know, tacos. I love Mexican food too. So that's what I yeah. want to have. Right. Well, I'll tell you one thing at the end of last year, that's what I was doing. Cause I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go all out, all out for a few months, dude. I can't do it. Like I, like my, I had no energy. I, I, my sleep was messed up. I was always like really, really sluggish because of the sugar. I think for me, it's like, I can't handle all that sugar. Like I did when I was younger, you know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. It's, oh, def- yeah. it's definitely tough. It's all habit. Yeah. You know, after after kids after 30 like eating the way you eat oh yeah it, it, it it's, it's like just like even now like even though like i could say food is my vice or whatever like if i eat like trash for like a few days or even a week in a row man it is so noticeable like oh. just like you just feel so bad it's like a hangover for me it almost feels hangover-esque 
that's how it is for me yeah. honestly like if i I, have, you know, I i i actually i've never had a hangover i've never really uh i don't really i don't drink oh so smart. well that's gonna that's save what you right that there. feeling is yeah no thank you it's like um, that yeah it's like that feeling of um <laughs> can't describe it it's like just just misery <laughs> but like yeah. exhaustion and like and again for me yeah i mean i don't i don't you know these days i i don't drink at all but like yeah the eating the, the eating a lot of crap the next day it kind of feels like a hangover to be honest yeah sure well it, yeah it's it's so it's so rough and um yeah it's just kids really just you know just take care of yourself a little bit yeah you have to we don't <laughs> have a awful. choice unfortunately you know like we have you know uh, some people obviously genetics come into play like there are people that mm-hmm. never worked out a day in their lives and they smoke 20 packs of cigarettes a day and drink you know i don't know mm-hmm. a bottle of of jaeger every day or something and they live until they're 100 and not all of us have that <laughs> that no those no. those genetics but uh yeah, I could say for someone who's been in really good shape and really bad shape, I, I will prefer the the good shape. And also for productivity reasons, just energy wise, because as you get older, at least for me, like in my 30s, like I really have to be conscious of how I'm spending my energy and what I'm doing with my lifestyle in general, whether it's sleep, mm-hmm. eating, um, exercise, it affects everything. It's not only just, oh, yeah. it's it's crazy, man. It used to be for it, when I was younger and single, it was like, you know, to attract girls right but as i get older i just yeah. want to have energy to do my youtube videos and to you know work on my business instead of being tired <laughs> as hell <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and you know my late 20s my, my wife and i like we would we would work out for you know hour and a half two hours every single day and then go eat like garbage and we we're fine yeah you know but now <laughs> it's like we, we just can't do that oh no um so well you know uh, everybody, thanks for listening to the inaugural episode of, uh, you know, Dad Bod, Glad Bod um, <laughs> with Dude, Don we, and Bobby. We've touched upon a lot of subjects tonight. We were everywhere. We, we, we were everywhere, and I, I loved every second of it. Bobby, thank you so much for coming on. I'm not going to keep you any longer. Um, thank you for having me, it, man. This is a blast. Um, this is me. awesome. Uh, it, it won't be two years again, I promise. Um, I, I definitely want to do something in October. That'd be great. Uh, given you being such a horror fan and maybe getting a couple other uh, horror fans on and just kind of having some a big old live stream. I would love it. Video party or something. I would love um, that, dude. And do, some, and do something fun like that. I would but love it. For sure. You know, it's not going to be that long. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone, please go check out, you know, if you're interested in mixing metal music or at least seeing kind of like the, 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 you know, bones behind you know how to record music and stuff like that bobby's uh channel Frightbox recording is an amazing straightforward way of just like think simple things to do on how to make music how to make it sound better and it it it's not one of those uh channels where it's going to be so bogged down in the technical details you're like i don't know what's going on a, a dummy like me gets it <laughs> so you can definitely get it yourselves and also you have the second channel that's Frightbox Productions. Correct. And you guys are showcasing live music yes. and all kinds of cool stuff on there. So definitely go check those out. Um, those two uh, things aside, Bobby, you can let everybody know where else they can find you on uh, the internet. Yeah, just simple. Uh, just go on YouTube, just type in Frightbox Recording or Frightbox Productions and you will easily be able to find me, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube. The best place to find me is YouTube. So Frightbox recording on YouTube or Frightbox Productions, and you will find me, and you'll be, uh, uh, there's a whole library of content to, to check out. Awesome, awesome. Bobby, thanks again so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, man. It's been a blast.